Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I'm so excited. I just can't hide it. Lance Lynn, are you effing kidding me? Let's get nasty on a Monday. What a way to start off the show with Janet. Dan, you didn't have your your headphones on. Oh, did I you, heard it. Did you hear it? Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I just don't miss to make anything sure. that she says. Because Dan, Dan McLaughlin, my, uh, my, my co-host for the next four <laughs> hours, he loves himself some Janet. So I, I want to make sure you heard what Janet said. I wouldn't miss it. I, t- I just told you I would never miss anything with Janet. Ever. Do you think she said unbelievable because she's excited about Lancelin signing a one-year deal with the Cardinals? I thought initially... There was genuine excitement, but then I thought there's not genuine excitement. Mm-mm. She was being facetious. There is genuine hate or frustration, maybe. She doesn't like it. She doesn't like the signing of Lance Lynn. I'm not sure there are many out there that are overly excited at this point. And uh, I'll take the approach still of wait and see. This has only got to be one small piece to the puzzle that they need to figure out before opening day of 2024. Yeah. We knew this was going to be, we knew there was going to be a one-year deal. We didn't know if it was going to be, I was hoping, a, Lu, a Luis Severino or maybe a Kenta Maeda. But you we still knew, might get that, though. Yeah, you might. But you still, you, we knew that there was going to be a one-year deal mixed into this offseason. It had that feel to it. To your point, Dan, I think we need to pump the brakes just a little bit here because I'm sensing a lot of frustration for Cardinals fans. But we talked about it last week. This is the Blues signing David Perron. Everybody freaking out, or Bozak, I think it was Bozak, then then Perron. Everybody freaking out that that, that was the offseason, and then the Ryan O'Reilly deal came. In defense of you, I don't think you're going to get a Ryan O'Reilly type deal. You don't think so? No. In defense of Cardinals fans, I don't, I don't blame you for being ticked off for knowing that there's probably not going to be a Ryan O'Reilly deal. However, I do think we need to pump the brakes just a little bit to see what else they do. Last year, Lynn was... I mean, there's no other way to put it. He was awful. Gave up a ton of home runs. I think it was three per nine. Gave up over 50 for the year. But? Well, here's here's where I'm coming from. I, I would think that they only did this. A couple reasons is that he's cost-controlled in terms of a pitcher that is not going to cost you a ton of money. So mm-hmm. he was at 10 or $11 million. My guess is, is that they saw something in his delivery that they can fix. Because normally he's not giving up that many home runs. He'll give up his fair share, but not like that. And so there was a slight dip in velocity, but I was just doing and looking at some of the different things that you can look at analytically. There was a pretty big 
discrepancy in the dip in his fastball. He's a guy that throws a fastball sinker a ton of about two to three inches Mm -hmm. from last year to the year before. And so if there's something that technically that Dusty Blake, who is really good at this kind of stuff, that he can see and detect and they get him back to where he was, then all of a sudden you probably have a steal. Let's put this thing in perspective. If you go back the last five years, his ERA is three seven one. He would have led the Cardinals in games started, strikeouts, and innings. The concern, though, the home runs that he's given up. Fangraphs projects him to give uh, the Cardinals 176 innings next year. That would have been second on your team by a long shot. The mm-hmm. next closest was Jack Flaherty at 109, and Michaelis was barely above 200. So you're going to need some guys to give you innings. They need that. This is somebody that'll give you innings. May not be pretty, and that's why I think it's just a piece to the puzzle. Maybe not a great piece, but it's going to help you in little areas, and maybe you catch lightning in a bottle with something that you can technically fix in his delivery. You know, Dan, we and Marsh, I'm interested in your thoughts as a uh, Cardinals fan that is very emotional at times, so I'm interested in your in your thoughts because sometimes I feel like, it, it, Marsh, you are the voice of the fan. Um we're going to talk about the college football playoff scenarios at some point today. I have I have said this now for the last couple of years, and I always need to be reminded right after the initial rankings are released. But the committee has told us what they're looking for each and every year. They look for resume. Are we start, still talking about Lance Lynn? I'll land the plane. Okay. <laughs> I'll get there. I'm just taking off now. Sometimes I gotcha. of course. Sometimes I take a while. But they tell us. They tell us what they're looking for. They're looking for teams with top 25 wins. Resume. Mo told us what he was going after two weeks ago. We like to bitch and complain about, hey, he doesn't tell us anything. No, he does. We just got to listen and then sift through some of the comments. Yeah. Dan, you said something about Lance Lynn. I think you said it a couple of times. I did. Innings. Yep. Mo said innings two weeks ago. So we're, we need innings. We need innings. This is it. This is his innings. He still he still needs an ace. He still needs somebody at the top of the rotation. He still needs to make at least two more signings and or a trade. Yeah. He needs two more starters at least. To That's this. what I'm saying. But this it, is a start. Probably pump the brakes a little bit, but this is a start. Mm-hmm. So this is, if you would have signed Lance Lynn after getting a one and two, people would have said, I think their mindset would be, Okay. Yes. You needed a guy with innings. You got a guy with innings. Maybe Order they, matters. Yeah. And this, to me, is a guy that would be your four, mm-hmm. maybe five, on a really good team. And that's what they need to do is to figure out what they're going to do with one and two. So it's just the beginning of this. I guess I would be concerned about his ground ball percentage. And it has dipped and dipped significantly last year. It went from 42% to 35 lowest of his career. Now, two reasons for that. The tilt that I talked about in his fastball. So maybe you're not getting, it's really level, it's straight, it's not getting the downward plane that you want. And then the other thing that would concern me about signing him is the lack of the shift. When you're talking about a guy that does get his fair share of strikeouts, but when the ball's put in play, many times it's on the ground outside of the time it goes over the fence, But <laughs> which was a lot last year. But the shift would concern me a little bit with anybody that is reliant on ground balls. And he's one of those guys that you think about in that regard. Mm-hmm. Marshy? 
How are you feeling these days? Uh, I'm just like really indifferent about it. I think from a fan perspective, you see Nola re-sign with the Phillies, and mm-hmm. then the next day you get Lance Lynn. Not a real warm and fuzzy feeling if you're a Cardinals fan. One, I love it for the clubhouse. I think he's going to bring some grit. Rusty nail. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, they so, do need that. I, I Yeah, I, I would agree with that for I, sure. I do like that. Um, I'm wondering if they're working backwards, seeing what they have available in terms of the money to see if they can go get Yamamoto. Maybe they throw something out there for Blake Snell. I don't think so, but... Man, I'm really hoping they land one of these aces, and, I, and I'm really wondering if they think Miles Michaelis is their number two. No, they, they're not. They're not. No. Okay. I think we all can agree he can't be your number two if you're looking at. Um, I haven't heard that from him. I'm just going to speak for him. He yeah. can't be your number two. He can't be unless I, he, I, mean, I agree with you. Unless he gets back to where he was throwing, you know, his All Star campaigns. And you, have, you haven't seen that for a couple of years. So if you're going to be a championship club or a, a club that has a chance to contend, Miles Michaelis, unless he goes back to being the pitcher that he was, cannot be your number two. Part, of, part of me when you said that was like, is he about to say he can't be number two because they view him as the number one? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no. Slow down now. Not Terrible. Yet. But does that mean then that they're going to get an ace and a number two? Because I do not see that happening. They need that. Well, I know, of course they need. They that. need it. I don't know about you. I had no problem with them not getting Nola because the back I didn't have end, a problem either. The back end of that going to is going to be him. nasty. Now, if you would have given me Aaron Nola for the first three, three and a half to four of that deal, count me in. Mm-hmm. But that's not how it works. I got to pay for the back end of it too, and that back end may be ugly, maybe. And I, I would imagine that if you look at the trend of where pitchers go, it's not pretty. No, paying that kind of money. Now, could I live with it if I was paying them ten million bucks? On a really, really good team, very good team, and he's my four or five. Yeah, I could live with that, but the first three or four years is what I want. However, to get that, I got to give seven or eight, and that back end could be ugly. Mm. So, what's the next move? Is it going to get a number two, or is it going to be we need to get that ace now, and then we'll figure it out from there? Well, March, I think you bring up an interesting point. Maybe they're looking to fill first. They're looking for the the layups first. They're saying we'll get we'll bring in a Lance Lynn. The next signing might be somebody that they view as a number four to the to the rotation or number three. Mm-hmm. Somebody like, I don't know, you can look at the free agent list and, and kind of gather. I started, la- I texted you guys right away. Here comes Michael Walker. Yeah. I mean, I could see a Walker. I could see a, I don't know, like a Kyle Gibson or a, um, I don't know. But you, you, what other free agents are, are out there that are in that like tier three range? And then maybe ramping up. And going, Gray. you know, yeah, going to get a Sunny Gray. I, I just feel like reading the tea leaves, Sunny Gray is where they want to go. Yeah, um, it just seems like he's the guy that they're looking at more so than Nola. I think probably they feel they'll kick the tires on Yamamoto just to see what the market is bearing out there, which then will set the market for other pitchers, and mm-hmm. then you can try to strike early. Yeah, um, but I, it just seems to me it has Sunny Gray written all over it. And by the way, if it's Sunny Gray. Uh, Walker slash Gibson, Lance Lynn, Michaelis, and Steven Matz. That's you have improved, but that I mean that's that's not a World Series rotation. Not it. Not even close. No. Not even close. So then we can let it rip. Right now it's just Lance Lynn. 
But what other pitcher other than Yamamoto or Blake Snell That's it. can be your ace? That's it. And makes you feel warm and fuzzy well, inside heading your, into spring training. Be your ace, Sonny Gray. Be a ace, and somebody that's going to make you feel good about it, it's Yamamoto. Now, we're just talking about money or that you're going to spend at this point. They have chips and assets to trade, mm-hmm. and that's where this could get a lot of fun, at least for me. I, I love the uh, hot stove. I think it's fun. Cardinals are in a position that they have, have, haven't been in a long time where they've got to redo a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I look at them trading, guys. Yeah. Now, if I'm in Mo's seat, even though I can't think like this, I can't. I'm paid to make tough decisions. But, man, I would be gun-shy on certain guys. I, I just would be gun-shy. I'll give you a great example. Let's say you traded Dylan Carlson. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to work for Dylan Carlson in St. Louis. I, I just don't have a great feeling about it one way or another. But I bet if he goes to a lesser team, plays every day, mm-hmm. he's going to put up some numbers. I could why, see him. Why it wouldn't work here, I don't know. I could see him having a Randall Grichik type career. Absolutely. If he stays healthy. He's got to stay healthy. Wrist ankle, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but go to a less pressurized situation. Remember, he was such a highly thought-up prospect yep. in the uh, playoffs of 2020. He's batting cleanup. There was a lot that was put on to him mm-hmm. initially. And then this last couple of years, he's been battling injuries, right. trying to find playing time. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I look at if you're a championship team, in my mind, he's probably a number four. Yeah. But I think if you go to a really down team or a team with not a lot of expectations he's playing every day i could see him putting up numbers and some guys just need to flat out play every day yeah it, the guy's got he's got to stay healthy that's on him yes but some guys just need to play every day and know they're going to be in the lineup i know there's gonna be a be ton of people that bring up trevor bauer and i get it mm-hmm. i just i don't know enough about his situation i mean i know some of it that i've read about but i don't know how much gray area is still out there yeah um if the, the slate was clean would you want to go get him a hundred percent but it's not, so I, I don't know if that's even feasible. I don't even know yep. if that's on the table. So it's a lot of options out there that they got to think about here moving forward. Go and the the that's not a Cardinals move. It just simply no. is. And the, the Cardinals, like we expect something different from this team each and every off season. Yet they keep doing the exact same thing. They're very consistent with how they go about business. I just don't see Trevor Bauer being a fit here in terms of what they're looking for. On and off the field. We should mention, too, the Cardinals added uh, Daniel Descalso, so bringing the band back as a uh, coach on the team. Awesome. You're fired up, and we talked about that for a good hour. Yeah. Daniel Descalso returning as a coach. Good guy. So Michael Walker is pretty much a lock now. Yes, that's correct. We're bringing the whole band back together. Joe Kelly. Oh, that'd be nice. I'd be be kind of excited. I would like that. Joe Kelly. Real quick, maybe we can get into this later. Would you be okay if they, you know, didn't get an ace, but they really revamped the bullpen with some of that money? Oh, I They need an ace, and they need to revamp the bullpen. The bullpen was 24th in ERA, 29th in strikeout rate, 56% save percentage. ERA over 10 in high leverage situations. So do you think they need to uh, do something with the bullpen? I would say yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're going to get into Mizzou and their big win in about 15 minutes. The bottom of the hour, we're going to talk about Mizzou and what a blick. That that was was awesome. That victory was awesome. Incredible. We'll get into that at 2.30. We'll break that down. But let's get into some Blues hockey. They win last night 3-1 to one over the Ducks. We'll talk a little Blues hockey next on 101 ESPN. 
We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Final five seconds. Tick off the clock, and that'll do it. You can bring out the Zamboni. The St. Louis Blues beat the Anaheim Ducks by a score of three to one tonight. They leapfrog a couple of teams in the standings, and they'll look to go to even 500 on this road trip on Wednesday night in Arizona. Chris Kerber on the call for the Blues Radio Network right here on 101 ESPN. As you heard him, the uh, Blues knock off the Ducks 3-1 to last night. They had suffered a pair of 5-1 five and one, five to one losses before that. The Sharks got them, the Kings got them. So a couple of ugly losses mixed in, but they did rebound and they knocked off Anaheim. So Marsh, you had thrown out the question of whether or not the Blues have the makeup, the feel of a playoff team. I am for right now at nine seven and one. I am not going to move off of my preseason expectation that they simply make the playoffs. I understand that that isn't something that you want to have as an expectation for a franchise, a proud franchise that won in twenty nineteen. I understand that just making the playoffs doesn't typically fit the Blues. But let's let's be realistic here. They didn't make the playoffs last year. They had to overturn overturn. A large portion of their their roster they have guys that are under contract for the next four five six seven years making the playoffs right now i think is a pretty good goal and then you see what happens it also guys offers that i'm not delusional in thinking that they're more than that because i don't think they are i think they're a solid team with a lot of good veterans and when you get a game like the Lightning at 5 nothing or the Avalanche at 8-2, you see what they're capable of, Dan. You say, ah, okay, all right. They're going to be a pain in the ass to somebody if yep. they do make the playoffs. But, of course, you mix in 5-1 losses to the Sharks and Kings, and you, you also realize or are reminded that this team is incomplete in certain areas, too. Yeah, I looked at the, the two losses over the weekend, and I don't know if you agree with this, Marshy, but uh, it was like two- to four-minute spurts in which they just didn't play well. And all of a sudden you look up, boom, there's two goals. Mm-hmm. And then they played okay. you know. And that's not the sign of a consistent team. I just see a lot of inconsistency at this point. That's fair. And usually when you get about 20 games in, in my opinion, that's when you know what kind of team that you have. And so where are you at right now? You're 9-7-1. and one. You're three games away from that 20 20- game mark and at that point I think you make a better evaluation where you're at I just see inconsistency at this point they did score a power play goal I guess it was last night yesterday that's a a positive I wish they were better on special teams in that regard but this is the kind of team that has just been a little too inconsistent for my blood Um, and maybe that's what we should get used to for the rest of the season I think you hit it right right on the head Dan I mean this this team I'll use Minnesota Vikings terminology here it's like running the ball three or four times with Chandler and then giving it to Madison and then fumbling the ball on a good drive right mm-hmm. right at the 30-yard line of the Broncos. That's mm-hmm. what it, that's what it reminds me of. They had so much momentum after the wins against the Avalanche and the Lightning all to just 
throw it away. Yeah. And now they're getting back in the in the groove of things with a win over the Ducks. But it is tough. I mean, Dan, you mentioned it. There's just a few plays a game that they screw up and then they play well the rest of the game. But at that point, the game's over. And at the right now, I'm I'm kind of tired of hearing about. Well, you know, they they played good. You know, for two two of the three periods, that's not good enough. You're losing 5-1. And I'm not sure they've got the firepower to come back and score at will. Yes. You know, you, you can give up a couple of goals and feel like you're still in it. I feel like when I'm watching, if they if they give up two quick goals, bang, bang, I do I think they're going to settle down? For the most part, I do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you see a blowout. But I, I also feel like, man, this is a big mountain to climb with this team. Just because I think at times they're offensively challenged, and that's been the case this year. Yeah, certainly. They've been so good at protecting leads this year. The problem is getting that first goal. Yes, right. Maybe someone in this room can go in the locker room and tell them how important that first goal is. I'm looking at you, Anthony. Well, I did tell Kyle Hebert uh, after I discovered a nugget, Dan, that the uh, St. Louis City SC team club were uh, unbeaten mm-hmm. if they scored first. So we had Kyle Hebert on. I just I level with you, him. Yeah, sometimes you have to level with pro athletes. Absolutely, yeah. you got to get in their face, and if they don't listen to you, you just pawn them off to Anthony and say, "Look, if you're not yeah. going to listen to me, go to Anthony because he is going to set you straight." Yeah. Well, Anthony I'm be keeps blunt people. About it too. Yeah. Anthony keeps people accountable too. No doubt he does. Which mm-hmm. the the listeners try and keep us accountable. They yeah. want to keep you accountable. But I mean, you're you're pretty good at keeping people accountable. Well, Marshy, think Marsh. about what we've gone through to prepare for a show with Anthony. Yeah. It's tough. You know, I um, overheard something over the weekend. Uh, uh, Jerry Kill, who is doing a fantastic job, he used to be the Northern Illinois football no, coach. Southern Illinois. He, he was at. You talking about Jerry Kill that yeah. went from Southern Illinois, then he went to Minnesota. Uh, Northern Illinois, and then to Minnesota. Okay. And now I'm questioning myself because it's you, Dan. It's, it's Southern. He was a Saluki. I thought he was a Husky. And he dealt with uh, seizures, and yes. that's what got him off the sidelines for a while. Yes. He's a hell of a coach. He's, he is one. He's unbelievable. Everywhere he's gone, yeah. but yeah, the seizures wound up being a, a huge issue at Minnesota. Yeah, step away, but now he's at New Mexico State and he's doing a great job. How about that win? How about that win? But I bring up Jerry Kill to say this. Apparently, he yells at his at his uh, players throughout the entire practice, and they love him. They love him for because they know it's they're they're going to be better off yeah. with. With Jerry. So that's how I treat you guys. I just yell at you guys because you know you're going to be better. You've made me better. I know that. Are you ready to know where he actually coached? Yes. Drum roll, please. Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois? Yeah, he was a Saluki. I could have sworn he was at Northern Illinois. He is very close with uh, Mario Mocha. And Mario Mocha was an assistant AD at Mizzou, then got the head job at Southern Illinois. He was the AD there. Jerry Kill was there, and I think that Mario is now with the team that he currently is coaching at New Mexico State. He went to both. He coached both. Oh, did he really? Yeah, 2001-07, he was with Southern. 08 to 10, he was Northern. There you go. High five, Dan. We were both right. There you Bam. go. Boom. Yeah. Bam. He was a Husky from 08 to 10, then went to Minnesota, then was the OC QB coach for Rutgers, bounced around a little bit for Virginia Tech, TCU, now at New Mexico State and doing a, a great job. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yes, that's why I scream in your guys' faces before the show. I know that um, you're going to appreciate it, and you're going to know that uh, we're going to be better off for it. Thank you. Yeah, you're very Thanks welcome. for keeping me straight. Really, you Absolutely. kept me straight on that one. Yes. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Dan McLaughlin filling in for Jamie Rivers. Andrew Marsh here as well. 
And we need to talk about Mizzou. I want to talk about Mizzou. What a victory on Saturday night in Columbia. We'll get into what happened, the breakdown of it, the reaction to it all next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills. So celebrate summer with a new big green egg, Weber gas, or charcoal grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What a wild ride Mizzou put fans on Saturday night. For Field. Phenomenal. It was phenomenal. They welcomed in Florida. And credit Florida. They played hard. They had, they had nothing to play for. Graham Mertz, uh, he gets he gets injured. He, I don't know, breaks a collarbone or whatever he, you know, he did. Get the backup quarterback in there. And they played tough. I mean, they scored 24 points on Mizzou in the second half. But the finish of that game, Dan, I don't know when you were watching what was going through your mind? Because I know you you root for Mizzou. I thought it was over. I did too. I'll be honest. I'm I'm a Mizzou fan, and I've been through too much of it before. I thought it was over. That was that's kind of my point. I hate to say that because me too. I have said throughout the season, I, my expectations were low coming in. It's kind of one of those uh, let's just see if they can prove it type deals. And even when they BK stay, I'm like, okay, all right. Either you had the long kick and all that. Well, we'll see. But that LSU loss, I go, okay, you're going to be competitive. Then they hang with Georgia. Mad respect for them. And then they don't, you know, every other step, Kentucky, Tennessee, South Carolina, they just kept passing those those tests where they have slipped up before. The one for me was coming back against Kentucky on the road. Yes. When they did that, they were down 14 nothing. I thought, okay. And, and then they soundly beat them mm-hmm. in just about every aspect of the game. And when they did that, I thought, all right, this is something to work with. And like you said, the K-State game, something to work with. Took right. care of business at that point against Memphis. And now I expect them to go out and win. Like against Arkansas coming up, I have 
No reservations that they should go out there and win that game. Yeah. I was thinking today, like, how did they do this? Where, where, what am I missing with this team as to why I should feel the way I do? Mm-hmm. And I went back and looked at some numbers, and their, their offensive numbers, they lead the nation in red zone scoring. Last year, they ranked 90th in college football. They're 20th in yards per play, up from 87. <laughs> so, I mean, you're talking about going from uh, 20th or their 20th in yards per play up from 87. I mean, that, that's a lot. I think the credit goes to Eli Drankowitz for giving up play calling, rival of their offensive coordinator, Kirby Moore from Fresno State. He's done a remarkable job. He's, he's been great. I, I look at the line play. Brandon Jones came in from Houston, and it's a better offensive line. I mean, look at what Cody Schrader's done. I think that's something you have to look at. The passing game is something, too, and they've gotten vertical. Mm-hmm. They put Luther Burden inside kind of a lot of the slot positions and things like that to get him the ball quicker. That's made a difference. Yep. And recruiting. I mean, look at what they're starting to do in recruiting. Just this weekend alone, uh, they, they flipped a, a kid from the Ozarks, one of the top offensive linemen in the state that was going to Colorado, and now he's coming to Mizzou. Great. I mean, so you're doing a lot of the little things to get better and now I anticipate them being a team that should win 10 games yeah. and maybe 11. You know, Dan, you, you bring up a great point in that they they have the right people. They've lined up the right people. Not just the players, but they've lined up the right coaching. Eli Drinkowitz realizes that he needs to give up the play-calling duty duties. I did not like what Kirby Moore was doing in the first couple of weeks, and maybe it was just simply, as, you know, I'm not, I'm not, in the, I'm not in the room. He knows, he knows his offenses. He knows, he knows what Brady Cook is capable of. Maybe Cook was still dealing with the shoulder. They weren't ready to 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 turn it loose, and I complained about it. They're throwing the ball sideways consistently. I called it a high school offense. We and talked about that earlier. Yes. I you was, had to stretch the field. Yes. So I wasn't as like disgusted by it, but I was I was saying on air, you're not going to beat SEC teams that way. Nope. But credit to Moore, credit to Cook, credit to everybody in that building. They they expanded the offense, knew they had to throw vertically, and they started doing it. But when you have I thought that on the uh, Theo Weiss Jr. play. I thought that was burden the way he was running. It's credible. And that's another addition we should talk Holy about. Holy smokes. <clears throat> but gr- great play design. The the final drive to set up the field goal. I was talking to BK on the play where they the, the huge one of burden. The way that they stacked up Weiss and got him in front of the safety. Safety now is occupied. He's got to he's got to keep an eye on Weiss. Little bit of time there. Window open for Cook. Nails it. Burden makes the catch. Burton finds a soft spot yes. within that. This, this is all coaching. This is all coaching. And then when you see the field, after the field, the winning field goal was made, the way that Cook and Schrader embraced and the way everybody was, they're all playing for each other. And I know that gets a little lame. That gets a little hokey. And, oh, well, yeah, of course they won. They're on, but you've, you've felt this coming now. They're, the, these, these players are playing for each other. And that, that's coaching as well. The other thing, too, Brady Cook is truly a dual threat. Yeah. I mean, he's a dual threat. You know, and instead of being a guy that just dumps the ball and, like we said, going to the flat or little five, eight-yard gains, you're seeing him stretch the field. I don't know if he makes that play at the end of the, of the game, at, at the end of last season, with that type of throw. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure he does. I, I don't know if he was you know, physically hampered so much that he can't put the zing on that throw that he had to make 
that he made the burden on Saturday yes. night. Here, here's the other thing, Anthony, that I noticed is that the Tigers are constantly shifting on offense. Have you mm-hmm. noticed that? Yeah. And it, it, the defense is always moving, trying to figure out positioning, who's got who, and I think that's made a, a big factor with this team too. And in doing so, then you'll get the one-on-ones, partic- in particular with Burden. Yeah. You mentioned the other kid that's getting one-on-one coverage. Mm-hmm. But then you had Cody Schrader as a threat. You got Brady Cook as a threat. The team is legitimately very, very good and yeah. deserves where you know the ranking to be top 10 right Right now in the country it's it's hard to believe if you advance this to a year from now they're in the college football playoff yes i mean that's that's hard to believe the, the but they're doing it and it's real and that's, the expectations that's the going into this season were you know the national media and i understand why too i'll take I'll, I'll take the bron i i did not love mizzou coming into this me year. neither and how could you not vertical didn't know about cook Cook's under pressure just to keep his job, at least from the media and fan base. Yes. I remember we were doing a show, I guess, probably seven, eight weeks ago, and we thought Brady Cook was getting booed. Yes. You remember that? Yes. And now he is like the guy. Yep. Like, oh, Brady Cook, he's going to make a play for us. He's going to do something special. Mm-hmm. Well, Saturday night he did. Yes, he did. It was, it was fantastic. Hey, we'll end on this. Moose on drinking. Uh, drinking. Moose on drink, recruiting kids within the state. He might be drinking, too. Who knows? We'll find out. Fellas, big win for those Missouri Tigers. There's some buzz around Drinkwitz in the program. Tigers on top. Tigers going to New Year's Six Bowl. When will the rest of the SEC fan bases take notice of what Eliah is building just about an hour and a half west down 70 in beautiful, succulent, tropical (laughs) Columbia, Missouri, the oasis of the show me state. And they're showing us exactly what they can do and what they're capable of when we invest and put effort towards recruiting kids in state. What else is there to say? Go Tigers. I well think done, uh, I got to think that they still have a shot at Wingo until it, the ink is on that dotted line. Yeah. Now you're, you're talking about Texas. Okay. Yes. I get it. It's Texas. But after what you've seen with the, the hometown team, mm-hmm. so to speak, in Mizzou, uh, in state, chance to go play in state with a, a, you know, a university that is. Putting up numbers, man. I mean, they're top ten in the country. I, it's got to cross your mind. Mm-hmm. It's got to, don't God. you think? It's human nature. He's an eighteen-year-old kid. I hope so. That'd be nice. But if uh, you're to the point now, or you're getting to the point where it's if he doesn't want to play here, okay, yeah, go find somebody else. Absolutely. Because Drink has done a great job of recruiting thus far, and he's found the you know Schrader. Schrader's right kid for the program. Yeah. What a story. Thoughts on this? This is from Thanks Dad. The Mizzou thing to do at this point would be to finish this it. season top 10. The year before the playoff expands, <laughs> then not make it back to the top 12 for 12 years. You I know, thanks, Dad. Be a little bit more positive, will you? I didn't think he was going there. I thought the, I thought he was going to say the Mizzou thing would do what to do would be to lose to Arkansas. Uh, that's but what I thought for sure. It's not happening. Arkansas. Ar- Arkansas is bad this hey, year. Hey, they played bad. a tough game against Alabama at Alabama. Yeah. That was one one game. I think Alabama was asleep the entire second half. They looked it. They took the they entire look awesome. second half off. Yeah, they do. Alabama's 
They're coming. Yeah. All right. It's Fastlane on 101 at ESPN. Dan McLaughlin, Anthony Stalter. Let's do a little NFL 11, uh, Week 11 quick hits. Best win, worst loss. Team you were most impressed by. All that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Well, we still have one more game for Week 11, and it's going to be a great one tonight. We'll get into the Eagles and Chiefs from Arrowhead at some point during the show. But let's look back at what we saw yesterday. Dan McLaughlin, Andrew Marsh, I'm Anthony Stolzer. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. All right, boys. If I were to ask you the best win for a team, the best win. Best Given the circumstance. Okay, I'll go with the uh, Buffalo Bills over the New York football Jets. Football Jets. Five days after firing Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, they put up 32 on the Jets. I think we're going to find out for sure just how good Buffalo is. They've got the Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers, Patriots, and Dolphins left. Ouch. Mm-hmm. That's tough. The Jets are awful. Had to bench... Zach Wilson, but still, it's a good win after five. I mean, who are they, Is I guess, is what we're still trying to figure out. Yeah. You know, is is this the offense that we've seen the last couple of years? We saw Josh Allen not have to throw in, in tons of picks and, and force in the ball. I thought that was a key, but five days after you fire your offensive coordinator, you were anticipated to be one of the top teams out of the AFC. So for me, that was the best win of the weekend. I like that, Marsh. I think there's a lot you could go with, you know, a lot of one-score games here. I'm really torn, but I think given the circumstances of where this team is in the AFC, unfortunately, I have to say the Denver Broncos. Against your... Against my Vikings, yeah. Minnesota Vikings. I mean, they field gold the (laughs) Vikings to death last night until Russell Wilson stepped up, made Mm -hmm. a big play, Cortland Sutton, big catch, and ended up winning the game, so... Um, I got to give them credit, but there's a few other games too. Like the Lions ended up pulling one out Mm -hmm. against the Bears. That could have been uh, a tough loss for the Lions. They were down by two scores with four minutes left. They could not. I mean, look, if it doesn't matter what the matchup is, if you turn the ball over, you're going to give any any Mm -hmm. team a chance to win. And the Lions were just doing it. They were very fortunate to win that game yesterday. I love watching them though. They're a very they're a fun team. They I went are. back and looked at this. They're eight and two. That's Detroit's best record since the Kennedy administration. Makes sense. I'm dead doesn't serious. It, doesn't it feel that way though? Like that yes, makes sense. It does. Despite having Barry Sanders, despite having Calvin Johnson, despite having Matthew Stafford, that makes sense. That that this is their best start since the Kennedy administration. That's. I mean, let that sink in. Yeah. That's hard to believe. There is another team on here that I think had a huge win, but I want to save that game because that game also, for me, has the worst loss of the week. I'll let you go. If you're talking about the one that I was thinking, I was yes. going to connect the two. Connect the two right the now. Browns and Steelers. Not what I was thinking. Okay. <laughs> that I was my the, worst. I thought the Browns winning that game yesterday, I know that they were a small favorite, but the Cleveland Browns winning that one with Dorian Thompson-Robinson against that defense you knew it was going to be a, a slog fest you knew it was going to be a, a difficult a difficult game throughout 
you gave the Steelers an opportunity late to win that thing, and instead you took it right from them. You kicked the game-winning field goal. That was going to be ugly, regardless. This is a, this, this is a, a rookie that is, what, he made his second start against that defense, and you won that game? I thought that was the best win, and Al Browns are in great shape. That's the uh, fourth time this year already the Steelers have scored 10 or fewer. 10 or fewer, and they have so many questions and problems offensively, but yet they still find themselves a chance to get into the playoffs. They're 26th in points, 28th in yards, and yet Mike Tomlin is still trying to figure out how to get in the playoffs and may just do it. And it, it, Well said, and it's not all it's not all Matt Canada. I no. know he's a big problem. Kenny, Kenny Pickett stunk yesterday. Yes. It was a great defense, but one team got it done, one team figured it out, and one team didn't. And w- you know, with that, the worst loss, I thought, was the Steelers. That's my, that was mine. You had every opportunity to win yep. that game. Really? I thought you had every opportunity to win that game. While the Los In Angeles the Chargers are playing football games and losing to the Green Bay Packers, you still think the Steelers had the worst loss in in my defense marsh i had the packers in our pick and pull you did so i which did, i'll I give expe- you total credit for that I, was a good pick thank you i expected i expected the chargers to lose that game because of the chargers but from an outside perspective it's a bad loss it's a terrible loss but when okay so that's it i think you bring up a, a fantastic point at what point do we do we start to believe a team when they're telling us who they are the chargers aren't good hmm. they they've been telling us that and, you know, th- there was a texture one a couple of weeks ago that was giving us or me crap about Justin Herbert. What more do you want that guy to do? He put the ball in Quentin Johnson's Had to have him. Had to have another wide receiver in the first round. Dropped it. Keenan Allen's son dropped it. And Keenan Allen's phenomenal. Okay, I'm not, I'm not crushing it. But at what point do you say, you're not good? And everybody knows that Lambeau's uh, their, their field is terrible. You have to wear a certain cleat. Coaches have talked about this. Did you see Eckler slipping? Yes. Did you see some of the other players slip? So Brandon Staley clearly has has no idea how to prepare his guys for for a win. Green Bay faced third and twenty at their own fifteen, down by four, and Flag. won the game. Flag. I mean, that can't happen. No, it can't. But yeah, so in, in in other words, Marsh, that's kind of I expected that. Mm-hmm. Not not that it was it was. I was picking an underdog, right? I was. Sure. I, I realized that they were, the Packers weren't expected or, or favored to win. Seahawks but losing to the Rams. That was like my tied for first. They coughed that one up. Ooh, boy. There was two teams yesterday that I thought were in control almost throughout and lost. It was your Vikings, mm-hmm. which I thought were were pretty much in control. They, they, they blew that game. Yeah. The Broncos didn't win it. The Vikings lost it, in my opinion. And the Seahawks Rams. Seattle was in control. How much was that, Geno? You know, Geno Smith getting hurt—a factor in that. Uh, it's a good question, but still, I thought the Seahawks were in control of that game and still lost. So, what was yours then? Worst loss? Yeah, was it the Packers Seahawks? Oh yeah. No, okay. no, no, no. It was the Chargers. Oh, uh, oh, that's what I meant. Chargers. Well, yeah. Chargers Packers. Yes. I don't know what I said. Worst Chargers, loss Packers. for me. You can't Got lose to the Packers. They stink. <laughs> can't. But I guess the Chargers do too. Like you make a great point. Can't take her home. She's too old. <laughs> well, come on. <laughs> the way he said that, I thought Happy Gilmore. She's <laughs> too old. Uh, Anyways. Funny. All right. Uh, real quick. Most impressive victory? I'm going with the Cowboys. And I know it's the Carolina Panthers, but that was their sixth win this season of 20 points or more. 
no one is talking really about the Cowboys being legitimate in the NFC. You know, I think they feel like, and I'm talking the general public feels like, well, they're, they're a good team. They're not a great team. Can't mm-hmm. get over the hump against the Eagles and some of the other teams. 33-10, to 10, you're supposed to win that game. They do it in convincing fashion. And again, six times now they won by 20 or more. That is hard to do in the National Football League. Yeah. And they're just dominating those teams that they should. I was going to go Texans here because I don't want to get to the point where we just assume the Houston Texans are going to win because look at their recent history. They've won a total of seven games in 21 and 22 combined. That's a great stat. I mean, not for them, but yeah, that 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 was an impressive win yesterday. Yes. CJ Stroud took a massive hit, stayed in the game, played well. Tank Dell is, is, is the real deal, but I got to give it to the Giants. Yeah. The Giants, I know, is the Commanders, mm-hmm. but this Giants team a week ago could barely move the football, and Saquon Barkley showed up. The defense shelled out. Tommy DeVito had himself a good game. You love him. I love DeVito. Not really, but the <laughs> Giants winning on the road yesterday, I thought, was the most impressive win based on the circumstances. I'll say the Bills. Dan, you mentioned the Bills earlier. Now. Is it all that impressive when you beat a team that on offense only has nine reception yards for an entire team? Not really. Not really, but I do think it was huge for that team to respond after firing Ken Dorsey after what happened last week. Mm -hmm. I think it was a huge win for the Bills to really get right back in the mix for the AFC East and in the playoffs in general. So I'll say the Bills for this past week. All right, that's Andrew Marsh, Dan McLaughlin. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Lance Lynn, that's your first signing thus far for the Cardinals. We'll dive back into that conversation. And Aaron Ola re-ups with the Phillies. Did anyone really think he was coming to St. Louis after, after some of the numbers that were thrown around? We'll get into that conversation, too, here on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Guys, I'm tired of all this closed-mindedness on the show. I'm a teacher, going to bring a growth mindset into this. So we start step one with Lance Lynn. Step two, clearly, guys, okay, Rich Hill. And we don't even have to overpay, right? Give him, you know, $10, 15000000 million dollars. Uh, with that veteran experience in the dugout now that we lost Wayno. And you know what we're also going to do? We're going to, all that money saved, by the way, we're just going to push the walls out at Bush Stadium. Major renovation. Nobody uses the Budweiser Terrace anymore. Y'all, everyone knows. We're, expanded green seats. Uh, just extra money coming in that way. It's fine. And then we'll just walk all the time. Steel bases, pitcher duels nightly. Cardinal Baseball 2024. Here it comes, baby. All right. That was Robert. Great mic drop there. Um, I don't know about Rich Hill. I was I was kind of thinking Michael Walker. What's wrong with Rich Hill? Uh, he's fine. Just didn't. He's never pitched for the Cardinals before. So mm. after you sign Lance Lynn for ten mil, could be up upwards of I think thirteen mil when it's all said and done, according to mm. Jeff Pass. And you bring in Michael Walker, get the band together, and then I think you roll out and use one of those uh, those last slots on a, an internal option, Dan, and you're set. Yeah. Can you feel, you're being can you feel the snark? <laughs> can you feel the snark, Dan? Because uh, I'm I can landing feel the on snark. pretty thick. Yeah, you are. We don't know how this is going to wind up. We don't. Seven I, years, Rich Hill? Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> is he 44 yet? I'm sure he is. Yeah, he might be uh, 44. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, I would also say this about Lynn. So I'm going to go back, and if you're just tuning in, I mentioned that I, I would anticipate they found a technical flaw with him. Mm-hmm. I noticed it in the fact that the dip on his fastball wasn't there from a year ago. The other part of this is that you're playing at Bush Stadium. Bush Stadium is a pitcher's park. That's part of the equation of what probably went into their minds of, you know, because you can look and say, okay, how many of these things would have been home runs a year ago at Bush Stadium? Well, X would have been. So you're going to have a cut down in his home runs. If this move was made at the back end of finding a one and two, people would be like, yeah, I get it. Mm -hmm. This makes some sense. You're going to get a lot of innings. I mean, second on innings in innings last year was Jack Flaherty at 109. It was 90 innings short of the number one guy on your team. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to get innings. And if people, if you would have had one and two, and this is your third, I think most people, or you say he slots in in your four or five. Yeah. uh, I think most people would have said, I'll take it. Okay. That makes some sense. But when it's the first one out of the shoot, that's when you got problems. And I'm still waiting to see. Okay, you made this move. Let's see what else you got. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on that. I am. I'm also with you on the the, the optics kind of matter to fans, and the optics are... That's the best way to put it, the optics. <laughs> Aaron Nola signs, re-signs with the Phillies for seven, seven years and, you know, $172 million, and then you turn around and sign Lance Lynn. But as we know... We have to, we have to be rational here. That, that it wasn't a one two thing. It wasn't like they signed Nola and the Cardinals said, "Hold my beer," and then they bring in Lance Lynn. They, they didn't. They didn't. They, that's not what they did here. What you mentioned was the key. They they signed to they signed Lynn because of two things they didn't have in the rotation: innings and strikeouts. Is Lance Lynn going to put you over the top? Absolutely not. You have to find a one and two. And if they don't find a one and two this offseason, they will not be in great shape when it comes to competing for a World Series or a pennant or for multiple victor- uh, series victories, bah, period. But I, this, is one, this is just one step. An intangible that he brings, and we mentioned this too, he's a rusty nail. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's something that you have to keep in mind with this rotation. And the rotation had a lot of nice guys last year. Yes. Adam Wainwright is a nice guy. Miles Michaelis is a nice guy. Doesn't make them bad pitchers. Hell, they're great in terms of making it to where they made it. And Michaelis has been an all-star before. Adam Wainwright wins 200 games. You get what my point is. But mm-hmm. this dude's got a little edge. Yeah, I've been around him a long time, and I loved him. I love being around him. Had a great relationship with him. And I can tell you, though, when you have young pitchers coming, and they do have guys that are that are coming from AAA to the major leagues, and with what uh, like a Zach Thompson, Matthew Libertor, Graceffo, McCreevy, all these guys that are coming, you can learn a lot from Lance Lynn in just one year, yeah. and that stuff does reverberate from years uh, from that year that you meet him and watch him pitch, watch him go about his business to when he's gone, and there's things that you pick up. There's something of that intangible, I think, as to why they brought him here. That, that's an intangible that you say, it's not going to show up on the stat sheet, not going to show up at fan graphs, but this guy brings us a little edge, and he's also going to teach. And I guarantee they talked to him like, hey, we got young guys coming. We need you to help be a mentor, too, mm-hmm. while you're here. He's in his late 30s. This is the tail end. Yeah. This might be the end. Who knows? Um, and we need you to help. You know, we need we need that veteran presence in our rotation. Yeah, he's got true grit, too. Oh, true, man. True grit. Not the kind that's just kind of like fake grit kind of pissiness. Yes. Like they had 
What were you saying, Marsh? So we, we talk about the, the Cardinal way a lot, and now it seems like, well, not seems like, but all of the players from the early 2010s, those players are gone now. Yachty, Wayno, Albert, they're all gone. And now, obviously, you have Goldie, who's been here for a little bit, Arnado as well, and they're leaders. But I wonder if the Cardinals felt like they were getting away from the Cardinal way from those early 2010 teams, and now they're bringing some pieces back. Lance Lynn, you have Descalso, a part of the the bench, part of the, the, the coaching staff. I wonder if they're trying to reinstate what they had back when they were having success in the early 2010s. Well, I'd take it back further than that. Further than that? Oh, man. I mean, if you go back to like 04, mm-hmm. 05, these guys were, if you're on the opposite side or the other fan base, you think they liked Yadier Molina? No. Albert Pujols, Scott no. Rowland, mm-hmm. Tony La Russa, Dave Duncan, Jim right. Edmonds, Izzy. I mean, we're, we're talking about some dudes. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are dudes that you did not like on the opposition. If you if they're on your team, you loved them, but when they, when they were the opposition, man, you hated no Tony Larusa, you hated Dave Duncan, you hated some of the players I just mentioned. They played with an edge, and uh, Lance Lynn comes from that family a little bit of hundred percent. You know the 2011 team, 2010, 12, 13. And not just doing it the right way, but doing it the right way to win games. Exactly, that, winning. You know, it's, it's one thing to say. You go about your business in a certain way. I think that's great. I think you need that. But are you going out? Going? Uh, are you going through? Are you handling your business to win games? And Lance Lynn, I think, is all about winning and competing. And I think not that not that other not the guys last year weren't weren't interested in that. But I think maybe you get too far into the weeds of well, we have to do it this way. We have to do it this way, and then you take accountability. And uh, what are you doing to prepare to win games? And what are you doing inning to inning? To win games, you just hit someone that I, I'm all about it, man. If if you're out of line with Lance Lynn as a part of this team or rotation specifically, you don't think he's going to get in your face and Absolutely. say something. I mean, you don't think he's going to tell a young guy, "Hey, you're not doing it right." right. And I'm going to tell you this: is how we do it. Like Lance Lynn, not only comes with an edge, but he's old school. Mm-hmm. That's okay by me, man. Give me some of those guys. No doubt. You may not win them all, but you're going to win a lot because this guy is getting in your face, and he's going to teach you how to be a pro. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the intangibles as to why you bring him into this rotation, into the organization. Yes. Do you think Cardinal fans are a little upset with the signing of Lance Lynn because of what happened with Aaron Nola yesterday? No. Do I think, uh, Card- I think well, Cardinal yeah, fans yes. are? Yes. I think, oh, I think yeah. part of them are because you I think, think they, they're intertwined a little bit. Yeah, and and it shouldn't be that way. This, it goes back to what I said at the start of the segment where it's rationally, the two things have nothing to do with each other. But mm. when you're thinking about Aaron Nola as a Cardinals fan and you're almost you're that drumbeat in your head of they got to get Nola, they got to get Nola, they got and then he resigns with the Phillies, your rational brain doesn't, it shuts off. Yeah. And the irrational part says, "Oh, you're you're you combat this with signing Lance Lynn." That's that's just it's not that's not the case. You weren't going to get Nola. Look at those numbers. You weren't going to get him. Look at some of the moves right now the Cardinals have made, and we can scoff at the idea and make fun of it. And I'm sure some fans are of Daniel Descalso, but it goes back to like Marshy's point. That guy figured out how to be a pro. Mm-hmm. Okay, this staff doesn't have a lot of major league experience in terms of playing. So you're getting a Daniel Descalso. You, there's a reason they want Yadier Molina in that dugout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
I mean, not only is he going to bring a baseball sense to this club if he comes back, but he also brings back an edge. You bring back Lance Lynn. What are you getting back to? An edge. Some toughness, some grit, yep. and uh, and that's needed. I mean, it's a long season, and you need guys like that to kind of teach you the way and teach you how it's been here and what the expectations are. And they had a lot of turnover this year. And, you know, with Wayno gone, he's kind of the last of that generation of mm-hmm. players going back to 2004 and, and beyond. So I, I think some of the moves here, if you read between the lines, are – not necessarily bringing the band back together. I'm not saying that, but we're looking to get experience and we're looking to get that rusty nail back to where we have an edge. And that's okay. I mean, play with an edge. I'd love to see that rather than laying over. There's no doubt about that. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Dan McLaughlin, Andrew Marsh, Anthony Stoltzer, 313. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. All right, forget the expectations now. And we talked about this with the Blues uh, last last hour. When we talked about the the makeup of the team and all of that. Uh, let's carry carry into that that discussion, and also apply to the Cardinals. I was thinking about this yesterday. Watching They're just one. the catch me out is what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Dan, I was thinking about this and watching one of the NFL teams yesterday. Can you completely remake yourself in virtually one off season? And it kind of applies to the Blues. Kind of replies to the Cardinals. We'll get into that next on One On One ESPN. <laughs> We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Watching some of the games yesterday, I had the thought as I watched the Houston Texans win again, do you guys think it's it's possible that a team can change around its misfortunes in just one offseason? Because the Texans have kind of done that. They It's not like they haven't had top picks in previous years. They've had, they, they, they've had that. But they hired D'Amico Ryans. He puts his staff together. They draft C.J. Stroud, they draft Will Anderson, they draft Tank Dell, and now you're sitting there and you're looking and you're like, wow, they, they're they a playoff team. They're a, they're a wild card contender at the very least, and they're going to challenge the Jaguars in the AFC South. As you look at the local teams, Dan, Blues, yeah. Cardinals, this kind of applies to both of them because they didn't make the playoffs last year. The biggest difference, though, I, I see is that to try to do it in a cap league as opposed to no cap, luxury tax, so to speak, with Major League Baseball, you get taxed if you go over a certain amount. Yeah. But if you want to go out and spend all the money in the world on players, you can do it, and that can turn you around fairly quickly. Doesn't always work just to throw money at it and say, we're going to bring in Marshy, we're bringing in Anthony, we're going to pay him a bundle of money, and all of a sudden we've turned this thing around. I also think it depends on the position. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if you're the Cardinals and you throw a ton of money at your pitching staff, you should be better than 20 games below 500, which they were a year ago. Right. That thing was in shambles last year. That's the way I look at it. I'm, so, could the Cardinals turn this thing around quickly? I think they can. I, I don't. I don't sit there and have um, exorbitant aspirations that they're a World Series team. 
I'm a believer that once you're in, anything can happen. Yeah. I really do believe that. Um, but they've got to throw it at their pitching. And I'm not – look, we talk so much focus on the starting rotation. This has to be collectively – the rotation's ERA was 5.08. That's bad. But, I mean, this has got to be bullpen too. So mm-hmm. I'm talking about throwing my money if I got it – it's going to pitching, pitching, and more pitching. And as long as I can get that and find maybe a diamond in the rough, find a guy that in all of a sudden spring training emerges, helps me with my bullpen, then, yeah, I think you can turn this thing around fairly quickly. I really do. What do you think, Marsh? I agree with you. I think that the quarterback, if you find the quarterback, you know, that's that's step one. Right, so, like, what's the equivalent to – that in hockey and, and baseball. I think for baseball, it's pitching, and I think we established that. For hockey... Is it your it, defense and your goaltending? I think so. I think so. Obviously, you need some players up front to score. In baseball, you need your offense to come alive, and you know that, that can end up hindering you in the playoffs if the offense isn't there. But if you do have great pitching and you have great defense, you can suppress other teams' offense, and, of course, good goaltending as well. I think those are the equivalents. So I think it's definitely possible. I mean, we've seen baseball teams do I mean, look at the Diamondbacks. They weren't really that great. Right. You know, the Rangers, they had, what, 100 losses last year? But they had the players there. They just needed to add on to that, and they did. They did a really good job. I think they evaluated their roster correctly and then went out and got the right pieces. Yeah. I wonder if the Cardinals are going to do so this offseason. If they've evaluated what they have now, perhaps they'll move away from a position player with a trade, and are they going to bring in the right pieces for the starting rotation? Lance Lynn is the first first ball to drop. We'll see what they can do for the other two. I don't know. I don't know if, if they get like a Sonny Gray and you trade for like a Dylan Cease. Is that, does that make you a World Series team? Maybe. Mm-hmm. I definitely think you can win the NL Central. But then again, people aren't worried about that right now. They want a world they want to win the pennant and get to the World Series. Yeah. Six uh six one eight says a one year turnaround is more likely in football because drafted players don't go back to uh college, like in baseball or in hockey. Mm-hmm. And and that's a legitimate point. And that's what I was saying. If you want to throw a yeah. lot of money at it, that's how you can turn things around or if you get really creative with what you want to trade. Right. Those are two ways to yeah, do it fairly a, quickly. It, it is good, that's a really good point that the that the texts are made. I you know, Marsh, you were kind of hitting on this. I feel like the more we get away from the tenets of okay, if I have a quarterback, an O line, a D line, and a good coaching staff, I'm a, I'm gonna be a handful. Just those things, QB, O line, D line. Now I'm saying it just those things. I mean those are important. But if I can rush the passer, if I can protect the passer, and I got a QB and a coaching coaching staff that knows what it's doing, I'm gonna be pretty good. I'm I'm gonna be a playoff team. Texans it, first year coach, to your point. Yes. So they they got the right guy. Seemingly, yep. it's, it's only been what you know nine games, ten games, whatever it's been. But seemingly, he's got they got the right guy into Miko Ryan's. But the the pitching. If I build a pitching staff, I know I'm gonna be good. Now I can't have an Iowa esque offense. Where it's just putrid and I got to win everything, you know, in baseball parlance, one to nothing. But if I have a pitching staff, solid rotation and a and a bullpen, especially on the back end, oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be a playoff team. If you can pitch, you can win. Because if your offense goes cold in baseball, yeah, which will happen, and you're gonna have stretches of games that your offense is terrible, it's be bad. It, it's just a, such a long season that that trends happen that way. Guys get cold, they get cold at the wrong time. 
Goldie Arenado get cold, all of yeah. a sudden you can't win in the playoffs, things like that. But your pitching can keep you in the games. And that and then all of a sudden you pop a home run from somebody you're not expecting and all of a sudden you win a game. Mm-hmm. That happens all the time. So to your point, 100% right. If you have enough pitching, you can you can contend. Yeah. And that's why I mean, I go back to these numbers, man. I mean, the bullpen 24th in ERA, rotation ERA over 5. Uh, 29th in strikeout rate from the bullpen. This game is about strikeouts. It's about power. It's not good enough. It's just not good enough. You're yep. just not going to win games. And that's when you go back to last season, you know, they had times where they they scored plenty of runs and should have won games. They mm-hmm. got zero pitching. Yeah. And so let's say, you know, you win 15 of those. I can tell you that you probably win more games than being 20 games under 500. The point being is that when you're still in contention and you got a reason to go to the ballpark, you play better baseball. Yes. When you're out of it and things are just going south, the entire thing just crashes in September, and it looks a lot worse than maybe it really is. True. And that could happen. Could you see the Cardinals playing this out for the trade deadline? Where they don't necessarily yes, because they've had it. Bef- they've done that before, Marsh. Yes, they they get their rotation to be at a point where it's way better than last year, but mm-hmm. still not good enough to be at the upper echelon of the National League. Yeah, and then you fix it at at the trade deadline. That'd be a mistake, but yes, I see them. They they could do that. I also see them um, taking this thing into spring training. I mean, you can get deals in spring training. Mm-hmm. I remember. Kyle Loesch. Kyle yeah. Loesch was a guy that they got at the very end of spring training, and he wound up being a really good he cardinal. Was a gar- yeah, I was about to say, he was a good cardinal. Oh, man, was he good. Yeah. And he was the kind of guy that took the ball every fifth day. He mm-hmm. was sturdy. He was part of the 2011 World Championship team. Yeah, You need guys like that. And, you know, that's something to think about. This is a long off season. This is just the very beginning. And yep. you haven't even hit the winter meetings yet where things – Go flying, man. I mean, stuff is just going. You bounce things off a wall, and it might hit, it might stick, and all of a sudden you've got a deal and you've got a pitcher. So mm-hmm. there's a long ways to go. I will say it is possible, and we've seen it happen here in St. Louis, to have you know a depth rotation with just one dude. We've seen it. They've won World yeah. Series like that. Chris Carpenter was that guy. Right. And then the rest of the good. guy, they had good, st- solid starting pitchers. I mean, look at 2006, Jeff Weaver. Mm-hmm. One game five for you to win the Dream, World Series. Dreamweaver. Dreamweaver. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Let's play Narrative or Reality next in the Fastlane. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. With Dan McLaughlin, I'm Anthony Stalter. Dan filling in for Jamie Rivers. And Blues fans, you can join Donnie Fandango and Jamie Rivers for a special live taping of the Last Minute Blues podcast. It's next Wednesday from 6 to 8, and it's going to be at Twin Peaks in Maplewood. Again, next Wednesday, 6 to 8 at Twin Peaks in Maplewood. You can hang out with Donnie, Jamie, enjoy Twin Peaks, the selection of local craft beers that they have, handcrafted whiskey cocktails, and more. Then from 7 to 8, hang out as the guys cover all the latest hockey news during that special live Last Minute Blues podcast taping. It's all it's all happening next Wednesday, 6 to 8, Donnie, Jamie at Twin Peaks. All right, time to play narrative or reality in the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. What do you got, Marsh? Narrative or reality, if the Phillies don't win the World Series within the next five years, 
All of these signings will be the biggest blunder of signings in MLB history. Well, I think that's a reality. That's a reality. Because if you're not if you're not willing to draft and develop and go that route or some combination of drafting, developing, trading, some free agents, if this is your model, you better win. But you're shelling out a lot of money for that roster. You're you're basically trying to cut corners in some respects to win a championship. I'm not faulting them. It's all within the rules. But if you're going to buy all these players, you're going to buy every top free agent, and they're apparently interested in Yamamoto, Dan, you better win. I'm going to get it on a technicality and say it is a narrative. Oh, come on. Because you had just had the San Diego Padres. So he said mm. in the history of Major League Baseball. Mm. Now, do I think the uh, reality is that would be significantly looked at and uh, scrutinized? Yes. Of course it would if you don't win. However... When you look at what the Padres just did this last year, that might be the most significant of the teams that spent money and did nothing with it. That's a good point. I mean, that team was loaded. I mean, if you would have said before the season you're going to have, or two years ago, you're going to have Josh Hader, uh, we're going to have Juan Soto, we're going to have Tatis, we're going to have Manny, Manny Machado, Machado, Jay Cronenworth, Jay Cronenworth. You I mean, Darvish. you're going to win. You're going to win big. Yeah. Joe Musgrove has turned into a stud at times. Blake Snell wins the NL Cy Young Award, and you don't get into the playoffs? Yeah, not great. Not great at all. At least this team gets to the playoffs, and they're competing in a really tough division in which you know the Mets in the next five years are going to spend a lot of money. Mm -hmm. From now until then, that's a lot of money. They're going to get some money off the books and then revamp and say, let's go for it because their owner Cohen wants to win. You know the Atlanta Braves are set for many years because they locked up a lot of their great talent for multi-year deals. It's They're in a tough division, mm -hmm. but the Phillies are loaded with talent. And uh, I, I just, if I'm a Philly fan, I'm excited that Nola re-signed. He's our guy. He had a great year or has had great years. And uh, it, he's in the you know in the fold for a long time. My only concern with him would be the back end of that deal. As he starts to age and a lot of wear and tear on that shoulder, that body, usually the back end of those deals turn out to be pretty ugly. Narrative or reality? Narrative two, please. <laughs> <laughs> Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, and USC are the biggest disappointment in college football in the last decade. Oh, I don't know about the last decade. I thought you were going to just say this season. Um, season for sure. Season for in sure. In my opinion. Who's a bigger disappointment this year than USC? I can't find one. There, there's not. There's not going to be one. The last decade, I don't, I don't, I'd have to look. Miami? What about Miami this year? I, just, thought, I thought they'd be better than they are. I, I thought they'd be better, too. Certainly. Did you see the the Louisville-Miami? Did you see the standing, uh, the stands? Yes. Nobody's there. That, for for Miami, that's pathetic. And I'm not blaming the... It's funny the, you mentioned. I was thinking that the whole time watching that game. I watched most of that game, and I could not believe what? it. Is there a worse way to lose, by the way? No. You completed a Hail Mary at the end of the game. You still lost. Down at the five. Is there a worse way to lose? What do they do? Not take a knee? No. Oh, wait, that was earlier in the that season. That was earlier yeah. in the season when they caught, caught some... Yeah, Mario Cristobal uh, messed up. Certainly disappointing, um, but not to the level of USC. I've got another one for you, though. I don't think it, it outweighs USC, but I think LSU has had a disappointing season. You think based so? On, based on expectations coming into the year. 8-3, and three, blown out in the first game by Florida State. They lose to Ole Miss in a shootout, and they got... They got uh, 
they didn't hammer, but they got they were handled by Ellis by uh, by um, by Bama. What do you think of Brian Kelly still throwing the ball at the end of the game this weekend? Now I know he's trying to get his guy the yeah. Heisman. Yeah, uh, that's all it is. Uh, totally, a hundred percent. But man, there's winning and winning with I don't know. Yeah, I just... it's it's bush league, but I guess it's bush leagues bush league for the right reasons. Yeah, you know to to get Daniels. He's awesome, by the way. What kind of pro is he going to be? I I wonder that, I because it's not a pro ready system, but he's got the he's got athleticism. He's got a strong arm. Yep, slender he's really, man. He's really he's slender, very Bill. slender. And I I rally I kind of pushed against that with Bryce Young. I'm like he's fine. He's just he's a stud. This uh, obviously it's not going well. No. Um, I'll tell you somebody that might be interesting. And it's not that he's put up eye-popping numbers at all. And I said, and I, I'll take this, because I said that Oregon State was going to beat Washington. And um, I had Washington, by the way. Did you? And they nice. weren't even favored in that game. No, they're slight. I did it for my friends. Of course you did. They're slight yeah. favorites. Oregon State was yes. at home. Um, but DJ Alungalea, he's playing in a pro system. I wonder if he's somebody he's that's going to more than anybody. Yeah. He's going to slip to the middle, middle rounds, but I wonder if he's going to be somebody that actually turns some heads when he gets to the NFL. But in terms of Daniel, I don't know. Where did he... Uh, DJ? Yeah. Clemson. Thank you. Let's just skip the last name. Yeah. Thank U- you. Uyungalea. Uyungalea. Hmm. Yeah. I couldn't remember if he was... Yeah, it was Clemson. Yep. I was thinking NC State, then I was thinking North Carolina. I did everywhere except Clemson. <laughs> you were in the ACC <laughs> I <at> was. <laughs> Narrative or reality, <laughs> the cards will regret letting go of Juan Yepes. Ah, uh, that's a narrative. Narrative. That's a narrative. I, I I was all about Juan Yepes coming into the year. After his home run against the Phillies After in the, the playoffs. After the home run of the Phillies and the Albert Yeah, I was going to say, the, yes. You watch. I, I said I said everybody, you watch. This Juan Yepes is going to be great. He's, they finished finish the year in the, yeah. In the minors, basically. I was so surprised. I don't know if you guys are surprised. I was surprised at his lack of usage at the major league level this year. Mm-hmm. They didn't bring oh, him 100%. up. 100%. At all. Yeah. I mean, he played a little bit sparingly in parts of the season, but, man, he was hardly up at all this year. Yeah. I just thought he would be around a little bit long, uh, more than, you know, when they were looking for sparks and they were trying to find different guys to play the outfield. Totally. And you had Brendan Donovan out there and Tommy Edmonds in center. And I'm not saying that he would have played center, but you could have moved other guys. Right. Um, yeah, I was a little surprised that Yepes stayed down in the minor leagues. I think for this team, he he bats with the wrong hand. Yeah. You know? If he's a left-hander, are we seeing more of Juan Yepes than of Alec Burleson? I don't It's a valid I point. I mean, Burleson didn't really hit for a lot of power. No. And you're looking for left-handed power in particular. It's something across the board in the game that's not there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. It'll be fun watching him in the World Series next year. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about Yepes or Burleson? Well, I mean, who knows? Maybe if the Cardinals end up trading Burleson for a pitcher. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, last one here. Narrative or reality. Florida State deserves to be outside of the top four with the loss of their starting quarterback. This is going to be interesting. We just talked about yeah. it. Yeah. I don't think that they deserve to be outside of the top four because of their because of Jordan Travis being hurt. I think Washington was going to leapfrog them no matter what. You think so? Yeah, because 
it goes back to what I've talked about. Yep. It's wins against top 25 opponents. So Washington now. And where you do it. Sure, certainly. Yep. So Washington wins over Oregon, USC, Utah, and Oregon State. That's four. That's as much as Georgia. And you could say, oh, well, how good does the win over USC look now? It doesn't matter. It is when you played them and what the team was ranked. So they have four. If you look at Florida State, Florida State only has victories over LSU and Duke. Washington with the win in Corvallis on Saturday night. Regardless of Jordan Travis, unfortunately, that is just, that's heartbreaking to watch that injury. I think Washington was going to leapfrog Florida State no matter what. I also don't think they're out of it. Because Florida Michigan, State. Michigan, I don't. Because Michigan or Ohio State, one is going to lose. And, and they're going to be bounced. Yeah, that's a good point. And then, you know, Florida State should handle Louisville in the uh, ACC championship. Never know now with the backup. Yeah. Louisville's pesky. They are. Louisville's one of those teams where, <laughs> as you watch the my Miami friends game, a couple times yes, this year. There you go. Against Miami is like, wow, you're not very good. Oh, you are kind of good. And yep. you're fun. Louisville's going to give Florida State some issues, I think. I think you're right, though, about Washington. I, I hadn't thought of it. And I just, it's human nature that when a guy goes down, even though they say, no, 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 injury doesn't affect this, it would be human nature not to look at them differently. They're clearly going to be a different team. Yeah. But to your point, Michigan, Ohio State, somebody's gonna, someone's going to lose. So yep. even if you drop out, you're back in. Correct. Yeah, and, that's a good and point. And that's not going to be an SEC situation where even if the loser, you know, e- even if you lose, you're still going to have a chance. You're not because Michigan doesn't have the resume this year. They have no. to go undefeated. Ohio State has a better resume as they've beaten Notre Dame, Penn State. And if they, uh, no, if they lose to Michigan, no, you're done too. You only got two, win- two wins against top 25 teams. They don't have the resumes. Will you look up something for me? Sure. Penn State, Nittany Lions, look at their schedule. Uh-huh. This could be narrative or reality for me. Okay. I'm going to just go on the airwaves and just personally do this. Narrative five, please. <laughs> nice work, Marshy. How many home games does Penn State play? Uh, they had, That's a good question. They, they seem one, like they're at home two, every single three, week. Three, four, five, it six, like seven. like that, too. They've had seven home games this year. Seven of their... Of their... Twelve? Seven of their 11. Wow. They were at Illinois. They're at Northwestern. They're at Ohio State, they're at Maryland, and they will be at Michigan State. Okay. How many does Mizzou have? I swear Mizzou has played Mizzou so has many played home games this year. Yeah, Mizzou. Now, do you count? I'll count the one at the Dome. Okay. South Carolina, Middle Tennessee, Kansas State, Memphis, LSU, South Carolina, Tennessee, Florida. They've had eight. Eight home games eight for home Mizzou? Games. If you count yeah. the Dome. If you yeah. count the Dome, which is technically not a home game. It's a neutral No, side. but it's right. a home game. Yeah, out of their 11. Seven were home, one was home-ish. So we're looking at two different teams here in the top 25. I'd love to like count up all the home games for Florida State, for Michigan, mm-hmm. for Alabama. Michigan didn't, didn't play a road game, I think, until week five or six. It's got to be just ridiculous how many home games these teams play. Yeah. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. That's narrative or reality. Let's dive back into the NFL. Let's do some four downs next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
Just a reminder that we're going to have Chiefs-Eagles right here for you on 101 ESPN tonight. Monday Night Football, Chiefs-Eagles at Arrowhead. The rematch, of course, of last year's Super Bowl pregame starting at 6.30 right here on 101 ESPN. And uh, just a quick congratulations to us in the fast lane because we once again beat the Rizzuto Show this week. They cannot come back this week. Uh, does The math doesn't work out for him, Dan. So we won again against the Rizzuto Show. And I believe we are now, what, March 9, 2 and 1, 8, 2 and 1? I think we're 8, 2 and 1. 8, 2 and 1, Dan, over the Rizzuto Ooh. Show. Experts. That's a beatdown. I want to say uh, congratulations to our very own Jay Delsing, who yes. hosts Golf with Jay Delsing from 8 to 10 every Sunday here on 101 ESPN. But he was officially inducted in the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. Hell yeah. Uh, Bernie Miklas went in, longtime post-dispatch uh, columnist, went into um, Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. Todd Light went in. Adam Wainwright went in. So there were nice. some big names that went in, and it was a great uh Great setting at the Chase Park Plaza yesterday, and congratulations to all those inducted into the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. Well said, Dan. Jay, Jay Delsing, phenomenal person. Love oh, him. he's the best. Uh, Bernie, love him like a brother. Yep. Love Bernie. And um, he's a longtime member of our family here at uh, 101. Absolutely. Yes, and of course, hands down, one of the best writers, sports or otherwise. Oh, yeah. Nationwide, I, I have ever read. I have ever read. Yep, uh, just an incredible talent. I am uh, Bernie Nicholas, hundred percent with you. Yep, and congratulations to Matt Holiday on the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame ballot. Yes, does he get anything first first ballot? I hope so. Matt Holiday? Yeah. No. Do I think he goes into baseball's Hall of Fame? Yeah. No. At all? Hate saying that. I. It's gonna be ver- no. Boy, I that- don't. That hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. It'd be very, very tough for him to get in. Son of a... B- it's just to be on the ballot is a big deal. Like, I remember talking to Jason Isringhausen about it, and he said, you know, they send you this letter, and, and there's some kind of, you know, something that comes along with it, but congratulations, you're on, you know, Major League Baseball's Hall of Fame ballot, and, you know, will be voted upon by the Baseball Writers of Association of America. And he said, you know, I kept that. He's like, man, I was, yeah. he goes, I, I know I'm not a Hall of Famer, but man, to be even just listed on this mm-hmm. is a big deal. And he said, but getting a red jacket was more meaningful to him than going into baseball's Hall of Fame, being from Brighton, Illinois, and yeah. local kid, and all-time saves leader now in Cardinals history. And of course, Matt was, you know, he's he's got his red jacket too. So Yep, big deal. Um, wow, Dan, I am, uh, I wasn't expecting you to say that. Who can you pay off to get Matt in? Oh, there's a lot of people. Good. Yeah. We're going to get him in. Let's see that done. Hall of Fame person. I know that. Yeah. Matt's incredible. He is. And maybe one of his kids. His <laughs> kids might have a better chance to get to the Hall of Fame than he does. <laughs> he, has, he had a great career, too. He's got uh, Jackson was just named the number one prospect in all of baseball. He's number one in all of baseball. I think that was according to Baseball America. And I wonder what. And the next one might be as good, if not better. Yes, who's a shortstop, too, isn't I he? believe so. So, Jackson, I wonder with the Orioles being such a young team. Yeah. you got some guys that are potentially blocking Jackson. I wonder what his ETA is. This year. So he's up. Maybe, they'll maybe figure not it out. as a short. Maybe he's somewhere else. They but will figure it out. figure it out. Yeah. I remember he came in the booth, um, I want to say, like, as recently as three years ago it was right before the draft Mm -hmm. and i was like wow 
I mean, this kid, he did, he just looked the part. You know how some people, when you watch them, they're like, you, you just like, yeah, it looks like a baseball player. Yeah. He was like, yeah, it looks like a really good baseball player. <laughs> like, this guy has a chance to be really good just by looking at him and how he conducted himself. What is the, What are the rules for going into the Hall of Fame as a player? Say you don't make it as a player, but you do as a manager? Like, how does that work? So that goes to the, the like Jim Leland is a good example, yep. um, the Veterans Committee. So the Veterans Committee has a chance to, to vote you in. Okay. So you're off the ballot, so to speak, for the Baseball Writers mm-hmm. Association of America, but you go to the Veterans Committee, and that is decided, that's voted upon um, with a certain group of people. Um, some are contemporaries that will either vote you in or vote you out, but that's done at... Um, that's done during the winter meetings. Gotcha. Yeah. So Jim Leland's got a great shot, like, for instance, to go yes. in this year. Remember Harold Baines was kind of a mm-hmm. um, controversial pick at that time, but, you know, he got in in that way. See, I think Jim Edmonds is going to have a shot. Mm-hmm. I think people will reflect on his career mm-hmm. more so in 15 years than they did. He spent one year on the ballot. That is criminal to me. That is. that. Wow. And once you're off the ballot, you're yeah, off. That's it. Yeah, that's I, I think right. that's that's ridiculous. I saw a tweet. Uh, it was either this morning or yesterday, and it was like balls hitting the gap. You have to you have to pick one player to catch the ball to save your life. Who mm-hmm. are you picking? And people are like, Ah, oh, Jim Edmonds, and, and really? with a video of him robbing Brad Osmus in, yeah. tw- in 2004. The story behind that, by the way, are we supposed to be talking NFL? No, we're going to save that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got the gauntlet coming up in a couple of minutes. So the story behind that is that I've talked to Jimmy about that play, is that he looked in, got the sign. Jeff Supon is on the mound. Brad Osmus is at the plate. He knew that Osmus on certain pitches would pull the ball. Mm-hmm. Not with power, but he would pull the ball. Jimmy actually, as the pitch is getting thrown, started running to his right to make the catch and wow. it's one of the most famous catches in in cardinal history because if the ball gets down it's game seven yeah they lose the game the game before was game six and he hit the home run to stave mm-hmm. off elimination mm-hmm. and extra innings and then the next day he makes that catch and it, it saves the whole season and takes them to the world series in 04 wow. but he started running as the pitch was being made because he knew what was called. He knew how Osmus hit that pitch. He knew the location of the pitch. Supon didn't miss location very often mm-hmm. and started running before the ball hit the bat. Wow. And that's how he got there. First of all, thanks for sharing that. This, yeah. that that's one of those stories that I, I love and I know listeners love too. That's remarkable. That what you just described is, is why analytics and instincts should be one should should be teammates because if the analytics are saying it's a trend this is what he does yep jim jimmy knew that but he also had the instincts to say i need to start now absolutely i need to start running now but you do without the without the analytics or knowledge or information you don't you you don't even think about that that's right but he had the instincts of not only okay he likes he prefers this I'm going to have the instincts of, I'm going to start right now so I get a jump on this. Yep. That's that's a, a remarkable His story. Baseball IQ. Off the charts. I, I've said to me, like savant, mm-hmm. baseball savants. I, I mean, you get to the major leagues, you're an unbelievable player, right? Sure. You get to the NFL, you're an unbelievable player. I don't care. Give me the worst guy that you think on a team is, and he's still a hell of a player. Yeah. But Jimmy, I always said Jimmy, Albert Pujols, uh, Yachty, and Chris Carpenter had... 
the baseball savant. Like they they were seeing the game at a different level yeah. and playing it at a different level than most guys. Yeah, and that's what made them great. They were just unbelievable thinkers of the game. Troy Polamalu was like that for me. Troy Polamalu one. is one of the he is my one of my favorite players of all time because of the instincts that he had. I mean, he would just go. Yep. And knew where the ball was going to go, the red ball. plays. Absolutely. Yeah. Started early and just smoked people. Great stuff. That's Dan McLaughlin, Andrew Marsham, Anthony Stalter. By the way, so we, we won the week for the Pick'em Challenge. If you're wondering who's up for getting shot, uh, I finished the week with 11. Or, well, I shouldn't say finished because we get the game tonight. I had 11 points. Brad had uh, 10. Marsh, Jamie, and Kerry Davis all with 8 so it'll be out of that group. Carrie, Marsh, Jamie. Marsh, you're up for three shots, right? Yes. Jamie's up for three or two? No, he's no, he's up for three. Three. And Carrie, I believe, is up for three. Yes. So so one of you guys is going to take three shots mm-hmm. based on the tiebreaker. Now you have, Marsh, you have the Eagles. Yep. Carrie has the Eagles, and Jamie has the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. So if the Chiefs win, it'll be between you and Kerry. If the Eagles win, it's going to be Jamie. A lot to root for, depending on who you want to see shot. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. we got the gauntlet next. we got the last gauntlet champion for round one next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. Time for the gauntlet in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. It's 405. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Dan McLaughlin and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter, and we welcome Aaron back to the program. Aaron is our last first-round champion that will participate in the gauntlet playoffs. How many have made it? Uh, there's 10 total, and I believe five have made it now to the second round, Is Marsh? that what it is? So, yes, five have made it. Awesome. And if Aaron wins today, he will be the sixth person to head to the second round. There you go. Aaron, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Well, welcome back to the show. Remind us, who did you beat for the Gauntlet Trophy? Uh, Like the last one? Yeah. It was Rivers, I think. Okay. All right. Good stuff. So, I think Marsh was telling you the, the, the new rules, the new setup, but for those that don't know, what... What Aaron is going to tell us is whether or not he wants to choose his category today or his opponent. Whatever he chooses, if he advances to the second round, he's got to either stick with that category or an opponent. So, Aaron, what would you like to do? Would you like to choose your category and leave the wheel up to up for choosing your opponent? Or would you like to choose your opponent and have the wheel choose your category? I like the opponent. Okay. Who would you like to take on, Marsh or me? Uh, I'll do you. All right. It's a lot of first... confidence in there, too. Yeah. yeah, I noticed that. I'm kind of nervous now. No I wasn't hesitation nervous. whatsoever. No, I, I wasn't nervous before, but now I'm, def- I'm definitely nervous. This yeah. is my first gauntlet playoff Is it your first? Yeah. yeah. This is my first one. There's a lot of respect the listeners have for you, Anthony. Well, I don't know about that. I do. Thanks, Dan. No you problem. You just pump me up. I appreciate it. Aaron, you good betcha. luck. Thank you. All right, Aaron, you know the drill. 
You're gonna have to tell me to spin the wheel. By the way, Aaron, uh, you went on a vacation this past weekend, if I'm not mistaken. How was that? It was awesome, man. Went down to uh, Tampa and visited some college buddies. One of them got married. Nice, and you all survived. That's a great story. Yeah. Aaron, let's have some confidence today. You're going to spin that wheel. Go ahead and tell Marshy, spin that wheel, please. All right, spin that wheel, Marsh. All right, Aaron, which uh, category are you looking forward to getting today? Uh, I kind of like the rain. Well, it was almost random. It just barely landed on football, so mm. football will be your category today. Are you okay with that? Uh, I have no choice, so yeah. That is very true. <laughs> All right, let me give the launch codes to Dan. Here you go, Dan. Thank you, sir. All right, here we go. Football is the category. Question number one. What number did Marshall Falk wear for the entirety of his NFL career? Let's say 20. Can you say that one more time? Uh, 20. 20 is your final answer? No, 2-8. 2-8. So 28, final answer? Yeah. Question two. Who was the last team that beat the Steelers in the playoffs back in the 2021 postseason? Who was the last team to beat the Steelers in the playoffs back in the 2021 postseason? Uh, I'll need the option. Miami Dolphins, Kansas City Chiefs, Jacksonville Jaguars. Kansas uh, City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs, is that what you said? You're cutting out a little bit. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, the Chiefs. Final answer? Yes, sir. Okay. Question three. Question number three is, which quarterback has the most wins in Steelers franchise history? Uh, I'll go with Roethlisberger. Is Big Ben your final answer? Yes, sir. Question four. The last time Mizzou won their bowl game, they beat Minnesota 33-17. Name that bowl game. Uh, I'll need the option. Cotton Bowl, Citrus Bowl, Independence Bowl. Uh, do the Citrus Bowl. Final answer? Yeah. All right. All righty. Let's bring Anthony back in here if he's paying attention. How you feeling today, Aaron? Uh, I think I got two of them right for sure. <laughs> well, we'll right. find out here soon. Anthony, we have football. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, football. I'm excited. Okay. All right. I'm excited. All right, Tim. Now, yeah. question number one. What number did Marshall Falk wear for the entirety of his NFL career? He wore 28. Final answer. Question two. Who was the last team that beat the Steelers in the playoffs back in the 2021 postseason? 2021 season, eh? So that was the year after the COVID year. Uh, they lost to the Browns. They got crushed, I think, at home by Shaky Bakey. But let me think here. Because I think that was the... I don't think there's anybody in the stands. So I think that was the COVID year. So that wouldn't have been 2021. 
Did Be- Big Ben must have made it another time. Oh, it was his last game. It was Big Ben's last game, which would have been, I believe, at Arrowhead. And they got throttled. I think it was the Chiefs. Final answer? Yes. Chiefs, final answer. Yeah. Question number three. Which quarterback has the most wins in Steelers franchise history? We got a little Steelers thing going on here, huh? Most wins in Steelers franchise history? It's got to be Big Ben. Most Super Bowls, no. Big Ben played for a long time there, so I'm going to go Ben Roethlisberger. Final answer. Question four. The last time Mizzou won their bowl game, they beat Minnesota 33-17. Name that bowl game. Uh, shoot or shoot. <laughs> for some reason, um, I want to say it was the Outback Bowl, but now I'm now I'm thinking it was like the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl. Can I have the options on this one? I'm the options see if I can down here. Cotton Bowl. Nope. Citrus Bowl. Nope. Independence Bowl. Son of a. Where was it? You said. Last time, I, I didn't tell you. Oh, you didn't tell me. Okay. Just the last time Mizzou won their bowl game, they beat Minnesota 33-17. to 17. Name that bowl game. You were trying to get me to help you. I was you. trying to get, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were trying <laughs> to There's a location, Dan. Yeah. I thought you told me the location. Wouldn't okay. fall for it. Cotton Bowl. What did you say? The Cotton Bowl? The Cotton Bowl. Independence Bowl. Citrus Bowl. <laughs> and the Independence Bowl. Um, I'll say Independence Bowl. Final answer. All right. I don't know. Total guess. <laughs> All right, let's go through these. Let's start (laughs) off with question number one. What number did Marshall Falk wear for the entirety of his NFL career? Aaron, without the options, you said 28. Anthony, you said 28 without the options. The correct answer is 28. All right, so we're all knotted up at twos. Question Number two, who was the last team that beat the Steelers in the playoffs back in the 2021 postseason? Aaron, you said the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow. Anthony, you said the Kansas City Chiefs. Correct answer is... The Kansas City Chiefs. But Anthony didn't need the options for three in favor of Salter. Man, oh man. Question number three. Which quarterback has the most wins in Steelers franchise history? Aaron, you said Big Ben. Anthony, you said Big Ben. Correct answer is... Ben Roethlisberger. But neither of you needed the option. Wow. Six, five. Wow. Heading into the final question. This is something else. Now I'm nervous. You should be. The last time Mizzou won their bowl game, they beat Minnesota 33-17. to Name that bowl game. Aaron, you took the options. You said the Citrus Bowl. Anthony, you took the options and said the Independence Bowl. If it's the Independence Bowl or the Cotton Bowl, Anthony is a winner. <laughs> if it is the Citrus Bowl, we go to a walk-off. Come on, Outback Bowl. <laughs> the correct answer is Citrus no, Bowl. Walk it no, off. we have a walk-off here in the final final round of this oh. uh, this first round, the final matchup of this first round I'm in the nervous. gauntlet. 
I hate these, Dan. I know, Ooh. buddy. Hang in there. So You're doing great. Thanks. I'm proud of you. Thanks. Here's the tiebreaker. Good job, Aaron. Anthony, hey. you're going to write your uh, answer down. Yeah. And then right when Anthony's done writing his answer down, Aaron, we're going to need your answer. I'm never, I am never close on these, Dan. I I am just terrible with these. Just hang tough. I don't you know can if do I can. It. I don't know if I can. Here's the question. How many wins does Eli Drinkwitz have as the head coach at Mizzou? Oh, boy. Holy crap. Uh, let me think here. Watch your language, please. Sorry. <laughs> um, do I go first? Anthony's going first. We need to okay. see. We need to see an answer here. <sighs> With the shot clock, I'm panicked. Okay, what is your answer, Aaron? Thirty-three. We have a winner, Aaron. You have chosen wisely. <sighs> Nice job, Aaron. Nice job. Well the correct done. answer is Dan. Uh, 25. 25. 25, that's it? 25. I said 39. That's not wow. even close. Nice <laughs> job, Aaron. Thank you. Slam-a-lam-a-ding-dong. <laughs> Slam-a-lam-a-ding-dong. That's right. <laughs> nice work. Boy, that was that Ooh. was intense. That yeah. was intense. Came down to the final uh, walk-off answer. It certainly did. Aaron, congrats. You've advanced, survived in advance, so you'll take on either Marsh or Jamie in the second round, but you got some time to, to celebrate. Happy Thanksgiving, man. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Appreciate Happy you. Thanksgiving, thanks, Aaron. Thank you. Why couldn't it have been the Outback Bowl? You did say... <sighs> The Buffalo Wild Wings yeah. is that the Independence Bowl? What is the Buffalo Wild Wings one? I could have I think sworn it's just they, the Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, bowl. I oh, could have sworn is. they played in the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl. Let's see the. Let's check the history on that. Okay, the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl history. What do you got? Let's see here, Dan. Okay, uh, history of the Wild Wings Bowl. Okay, in uh, 2013, Kansas State over Michigan. Apparently, that was the last installment or last time this website updated itself. <laughs> <laughs> Iowa beat Missouri in 2010 in the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl. Okay. And by the way, this was the last time the Tigers had won a bowl game, not the last bowl game they were a part of. Either way, I would have gotten it wrong. The Citrus Either Bowl way. was in 2015 that 2015. they beat Minnesota. Whew. Okay. Aaron needed it, he got it, and then he beat me in the tiebreaker. Well it done, happens, Aaron. buddy. It does. It absolutely does. I don't want this to bring you down for the rest of the show no, either. I'm leaving. Don't you dare. I'm out. Nope. Nope. Mm-mm. All right, well, let's crush the Cardinals next then, because clearly yes. this is the only move they're going to make. <laughs> That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 at ESPN. Dan McLaughlin, Andrew Marsh, Anthony Stalter. The Phillies are reportedly, after after already re-upping with Aaron Nola for seven years and $175 million, or $72 million, whatever it was, they're reportedly still in 
on Yamamoto, Dan. So they're saying, yeah, we'll bring in, we'll bring back Aaron Nola, but we're going to lose Zach Wheeler in a, a year from now, potentially. Why don't we go ahead and just bring in Yamamoto right now and keep this thing going? This is already after bringing in Bryce Harper for an ungodly amount of money. Kyle Schwarber, Trey Turner last year. Again, Did you mention Harper? I mentioned, I mentioned Harper. He's yeah. Do you mention him? He's got a Price lot of money up. going to him. He certainly does. I know you mentioned him. It's pretty. I mean, the, the, credit the Phillies. Trey Turner. For bringing, did you mention did, him, too? I did. Okay. Who did I miss, I guess, at Real this Muto, point? Real Muto, did you talk about him? I did not talk about Real yeah, Muto. he's made a lot of money. Castellanos. Yeah, did you mention his $100 million? Dollars? Nope. Yeah, that's a lot of money. They're still in on Yamamoto. Wow. So, I guess as, as we bring it back to the Cardinals, the Phillies are playing a game that the Cardinals will never be able to play. Understand that I'm not saying the Cardinals can't spend more money or invest more money on the product that you watch and that you love. I am not saying that. If you're hearing that, that's on you. What I'm saying is they're not and never will be in the same category of spending as the Phillies. You will never see that here. I don't know if it's completely wise to do it anyways, but it doesn't matter. It's moot. You will not see the Cardinals be in that that tier. I think the question would be, who is in that tier? It's the Phillies. It's the Yankees. It's, when when they want to, yeah. The Dodgers when they want to. The Cubs. The, the Padres. The, the Cubs if they want to. The Padres did it, and they're they're going to pay for it. Yep. I mean, bad. The Padres may go away for a long time. They're going to have to dump a lot this. of those yes. salaries. So Dan, the question, uh, the other question is, if we know that they're not going to be able to swim in those waters, what is the pivot? Not just for this offseason, but in terms of building a roster. A little bit maybe like what the Blues have done. Instead of uh, a complete rebuild, it's just retool. And I do think that they feel if they address the pitching, and they started today with Lance Lynn, again, they're not going to start and stop there, Mm -hmm. um, that they'll have a chance to be competitive next year. I I truly believe that. Um, I go back to what, and I know fans tune in and out of the show, I go back to the narrative. The narrative is that he was the first chip, and, oh, this is what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. If you had signed one or two and then added him, narrative is much different than what we're talking about right now. I tend to agree with you. I don't think they're going to swim in the waters of the Yama, Yamamoto's. I don't think that they were interested in Nola, to be honest with you. I don't think that that interests them. Put it this way, I think they'd have a lot more interest in Yamamoto at the age of 25 than a guy like Aaron Nola, who on the back year of seven or eight-year deals is not going to look pretty. I, I just don't think that, that that's their philosophy, and that's kind of where you're going. Is this their, Could they be in this philosophy ever? I don't think that that's their philosophy. Their philosophy is let's draft, develop, keep the players that we have, and if they're good enough to stick around in a way that we evaluate talent, we'll spend the money to keep them. You know, they've done that before. I just don't think that they're going to get in those waters, though, that you're talking about in spending that kind of money. I, yeah. I just don't see it. Yeah, I understand you want it You want it that way. I do. I, I understand that they can spend more, and they probably should. But this is, this is monopoly time for the Phillies. I mean, if they do sign, even if they don't, if they don't sign Yamamoto, this is still monopoly money. Yeah. But if they do, they bring him in. I mean, you're you're playing you're playing in a completely different game. And then, who would you think that could compete in the National League with that team? On I mean, paper, they, on it, paper, nobody. If the Braves bring in another Gray, stud, what about Sonny Gray? What if the there's been reports that the Braves are interested in Sonny Gray? I still like the Braves. I still 
I love their lineup. I do too, but I don't love their pitching staff compared to what the Phillies could offer. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that they need to look at upgrading the staff a little bit. It was interesting. They they non-tendered Mike Soroka, and he had been injured the last couple of years. Boy, they just gave up on him and just said, the heck with it. Yeah. A few years ago, he was their best guy. Yep. You know, So to your point that they need help in that regard and certainly trying to bolster their rotation and saying, look, if we're going to compete and be with – the Phillies and stay eye to eye with them. Our best way to do that is to add one more arm, yeah. and I would agree with that. Dan, I, I you and I've had this conversation before. I think one of the out of the box things that they'll never do it, but one of the out of bo- out of the box things that I think the Cardinals it would be interesting to see is if they just completely went with all pitchers in the draft. I mean, just hammered the draft. Would you love to see that? I would. I mean, just you the sh- just a shotgun approach, all yeah. pitching, and you're going to catch lightning in a bottle. Yes, at some point you're going to get some guy that's low end in the draft, and all of a sudden, all the talent evaluators were wrong with him, or he develops a different pitch, right. or you get him under your umbrella, and you teach him some things that he doesn't know about, and yeah. all of a sudden he becomes Zach Allen. I exactly. mean, that's what it is, right? You know. It's it's just trying to find diamonds in the rough and saying the hell with it. We're just going to go all pitching, and that's mm-hmm. our mindset. It's they have done that before, not where they just took all pitchers, but made an emphasis on okay. At this point in the draft, we're going college pitching. At this point in the draft, we're going high school pitching. At this point in the draft, a few years later, it was young position players and trying to find guys that could help them. Yeah, Mason Wynn, Jordan Walker, some of the others that they've had. Um, I, I just think, though, you, it's like we were talking about earlier, you cannot have enough pitching. Mm-hmm. You just can't. I mean, that's why I found the, the Hudson thing was a little curious to me. They, you know, we haven't really talked about the guys that they non-tendered. Juan Yep, as we mentioned him earlier. But Hudson, to me, never bounced back from Tommy John and never, for a guy that didn't throw enough strikes, certainly, but for a guy that uh, was a ground ball pitcher, the shift, I think, really has affected certain pitchers. Yeah. Because you, you just can't design the defense to play into the hands of the pitcher. You can try as much as you want, but it limits what you can do defensively. And when you don't have swing and miss stuff, you're finding out that some of these guys stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah. And I wonder if that's what they felt like with uh, Hudson. The one thing about Hudson, he gave you a little protection. I don't know what they would have had to pay him this year. He was starting to get up there a little bit, but somebody will take a flyer on him. Sure, no doubt. I mean, because you need pitching. I, I think he's he, at best he's a he's a fifth guy for yeah. you. I don't know if he's a fifth guy for you on a competitive team. I think he's fine. Yes, I think you can. I think you can replace him within your organization based on what you did at the trade deadline last year and some of the other guys that you have in house. Yeah, that's Dan McLaughlin. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's Fast Line on 101 ESPN. College football, the playoff picture starting to come into focus a little bit more. We'll dive into some of the other storylines and uh, maybe talk a little Mizzou again uh, after we broke down their exciting win over Florida on Saturday night. College football next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What a, an incredible victory for Mizzou on Saturday night against Florida. 
They're trailing late. Florida's running back, ETN, helps them out big time by running out of bounds and preserving time for them. I mean, it's hard to believe. It's a mistake. What it's a huge idiot. mistake. No, he's a kid, Marsh. It's not his fault he's not properly coached. It's not his fault. Yep. I know where you're going to go yeah. there. I'm glad you cut that off. Yep. Yeah. No need to do that movie line at this uh, at this juncture. No. So he goes out of bounds. ETN goes out of bounds. Thank you. Pre- pre- preserves time. We are it's on delay, though, right? Yeah, we, we on are. delay? Yeah. Just in case Marshy decides to go off? Yeah. Okay, we sorry. We found that out last week when... I'm not on the gauntlet now. Yes. Come on. Oh, Our gauntlet I was listening when that happened. Decided to drop, drop the F-bomb. We had uh, Aaron on, said crap. Did and Dan goes, hey, watch your mouth. Hey, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Watch, watch your mouth, that please. language. Anyways, anyway, go right ahead. I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of Mizzou fans, were uh, shouting at their TV when they when Mizzou looked like they were going to win, and then they were shouting in joy some yeah. expletives when they won. But what a, what a victory. If they lose that game, now all of a sudden you're in uh, a, a bowl that would still be an honor to play in, but you're not talking about a, a New Year's Day bowl game, a New Year's Six bowl. You're going to wax Arkansas. I don't see this being some sort of rough you know game in Fayetteville this weekend do you think it could be a trap game though <sighs> the way that so that's a great question Dan and I'm gonna say no with conviction because of what we've seen out of Mizzou yeah I, I maybe in another season I say yep they may Mizzou this thing not I, this that's year why I'm, I'm like holding I'm so you're still holding on to that that's a, I've got that's reservations a great, that's a great window into your thoughts on Mizzou I, I I've just been Mizzou too many times I hear you in basketball, football, something happens. Well, you Mizzou know. basketball, they just beat Jackson State. Yeah, they did. Like I was thinking yesterday at they the... Uh, <laughs> so I was at the uh, fine. Missouri Sports Hall of Fame, and going in was Tony Van Zandt. Do you guys know yes. Tony Van Zandt was incredible? He was the National Player of the Year coming out of St. Louis in high school football. He was unbelievable mm-hmm. how good he was. And he went there and had a knee injury. Mm. And I was like, God, what could that guy have done? And, you know, he mentioned in his speech yesterday, he said, I'm sorry to the Mizzou faithful for what happened to me. And I I felt my heart dropped when I heard that. You know, hearing him talk about that, it's like, man, it wasn't your fault. your fault. You got hurt. You know, you, you elected to stay at your state school and people were excited about it. But that kind of stuff seems to happen to Mizzou. And that's why I've got my reservations about this. I'm just... Just hear me out, Dan. You and I have seen Just Arkansas. You and I, you and I have seen Arkansas play. They're not year. very good. They're not very good at all. And Missouri's pretty good. Do you know that Auburn team that just lost to New Mexico State over the weekend? They beat Arkansas. They were up twenty-one to nothing on Arkansas. I think in the first six minutes. Yes. In all right. Now I feel better. You're going to be fine. Okay. Missouri's going to be fine. Help we're me out here. Going to be fine. I'm going to come over to your house for Thanksgiving to calm me down. Absolutely. You're more than welcome, Dan. <laughs> and Marshy has welcome. to come because Marshy was invited to my yes, house. That's yes. fine. You guys can all come over <laughs> yes. for Thanksgiving. <laughs> my mother-in-law does a great spread. She'll be more than happy to throw so much extra food in. <laughs> are we going sure. to your place or are we yeah. going to Dan's place? Are we well, going no, to Dan, Dan, Is this exi- a dual family thing or what's going on Dan's here? coming over to my house now after... He invited okay. you to his house, so he feels bad. So now, Marsh, you're going to come over, too. Gotcha. Everything will be good. <laughs> Everything's also good right now for Washington. I was wrong. I said all last week, Washington, this was going to be the week that they would lose. In Corvallis, rainy weather, like set up perfectly. And for the first half, Washington was outstanding. In the second half, they didn't score a single point. Oregon State controlled the clock. They looked good. 
I don't know what they were doing on that last drive, Dan. I know. I, I'm with you on that, too. They got it. They picked up one. They were backed. For those who didn't see it, they were backed yep. up. Oregon State was backed up with about five or six minutes to go. They were down by two. All you need to do, drive in, drive in a field goal range, kick the, kick the potential game winner, attempt the game winner. They're backed up. They got one first down to get them away from the, the end zone. And then they slowed their tempo way down to the point where they gave themselves like no shot if they needed to punt. Or if they, they failed on fourth down, which is exactly what happened. And they lose by two. And then on the flip side, Washington gets the ball back. Mm-hmm. And they need one first down to close the game out. They got a third and long, and Michael Penix throws it to the back shoulder, yep. and they get the first down to win it. I mean, they went for broke, right? They, they could did. have pinned him back. They could have said, all right, we'll leave this up to our defense. We're going to try to run it up the middle, which probably would have gotten stopped. Yep. And they go with man-to-man coverage and throw it to the back shoulder and get it. Yep. By the way, what is it like for you guys watching a lefty throw the football? It's it's beautiful. It's like a swing in baseball. But watching Michael Penix, why is that? Why? He is throwing. To me, it seems like he's throwing just darts out there. Why are left-handers? I don't know, like, man. They they have the best swings. They have uh, Vic used to throw, throw an absolute seed. Yes. It's and Michael Penix to me, it looks like he's throwing it fifty miles an hour faster than anybody i know that's not the case right but it just feels that way it does it feels that way it looks that way it's pretty yeah it's tight spiral i don't i don't know man it's just different i wish i was a lefty i do too you'd be making a lot more money than this you would think you would think of course i'd have to have talent too i wonder with baseball if it's because most pitchers are throwing Mm right-handed so we just of course i think it's like an aesthetic it's an aesthetically pleasing swing. Like if you put a righty up there, obviously it's not the same. But does a lefty yeah, swing look the same against the left-handed pitcher? Well, you see so many that are right-handed for sure. Exactly. And just a lefty just looks different. Yeah. It's just kind of mm-hmm. out of sorts, man. It's just he's. I don't know, man. He, I, right now, he'd have my Heisman vote. Yeah. There's a lot of people that said Tua had a weird way of throwing the football. Mm-hmm. I saw on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it a reversed video of Tua throwing the football, and we think, oh, wow, he looks kind of goofy yeah. looking. It looked exactly like a right-handed That's thrower. the thing. you got to flip the him all the time. Yeah. Right. If you flip it, it, it looks it, it looks, looks normal. normal. <laughs> it's just I don't know what it is. Dylan Gabriel is another one from Oklahoma. Yeah. Boy, Oklahoma is a weird team. Yeah, I thought they were better than they than they are. I thought they were worse than what, what everybody thought they were, and then they beat Texas. So I'm like, oh, well, okay, i got to give them their, their credit. They're due. And then they lose to Oklahoma State. Yeah. And they're fine. Yeah. They're okay. They're kind of what I thought they were going to be this year. The loss to Kansas kind of was – that was a stinger. I'll tell you what, Kansas put a – put quite a show – quite a performance against Kansas State. I know they lost. Yep. But Kansas was down to to Neal, and I think he's their – Third string quarterback? He's the one that beat Oklahoma. What a job that Lance Leopold has done. Yep. At Kansas. Yep. I, I, Mark Mangino got it going. Yeah. And then there was this long decade of I'm not talking about bad football. I'm talking about you should be a D two program. Wasn't Charlie Weiss there at one yes. point? Who was the old uh, LSU coach? Oh, um uh, Les Miles. Les Miles was there. Awful football. Yes, terrible. And now they're they're competitive and kind of fun to watch. Yeah. Well, they move the ball. They're offensively good. They they played. Uh, I think they beat Oklahoma State. 
at Oklahoma State? Uh, yes, they did. They beat. Let's see. They, they've got some big wins. They beat. Uh, name, I think they at no, least I'm helped sorry, they, out my friends. No, they beat Oklahoma. Yeah, they might have helped out your friends again at Oklahoma State. They they roughed up UCF, who beat yep. Oklahoma State. Yep. They beat Iowa State on the road. It's a tough win. That's a tough place to play. I mean, Texas showed that this weekend. They the, squeaked out of there yeah, with a win. Oh, yeah, they did. Yep. Uh, they beat BYU. There they you beat, go. They beat Illinois. So not big wins. I shouldn't say big wins, but for Good that wins. Program, Solid wins. Solid wins. Yeah. yeah. And then the big one, obviously, was against Oklahoma. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. All right. We didn't do our NFL four downs. We'll do that next in the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time for the NFL four downs here on 101 ESPN with Dan McLaughlin, Anthony Stalter. Here's Andrew Marsh. First down. All right, gentlemen. Are the Broncos a legit wild card contender now? I hear the disgust Whew. in young Marshy's voice because the you Broncos. You just had to curse him, Anthony. I did. Boy, did I. Dan. Yes. Did you know you're a big numbers guy? I am. You're a big trends guy. For sure. Did you know that when I, I do the Stalter stack up where I do the top 10 in the NFL per per week, right? Every week. The team that I slot number 10 has lost every time. <laughs> <laughs> has it really? Every time. And who did you have number 10 last week? Marshy's Minnesota Vikings. And? They lost. Yes, sir. They lost. Two weeks ago, I had the Bills at number 10, and they lost. Yes, they did. To the Broncos. So who is listening right now in the NFL that does want, does not want to be number 10 going into this week? Well, have you thought about it yet? I think I'm going to go right back to the Vikings. Are you serious? Probably. That's Bush League. <laughs> That's absolute Bush hey, League. I got to do what I got to do, Marsh. I don't want to eat a, a million waffles at the that end of the season. That is absolute Bush Are League. Are you kidding me? I, I'm, I, I, I got to do what I got to do. No. That is ridiculous. You can't stop Denver on a 10-play, 75-yard drive. Thank you. Exactly. They don't deserve to be number 10. you got to stop them. I, I, I completely right. agree. So you not, not, a be, not a top 10 team. Not a top 10 team. That's, okay. that's fair. Uh, the Saints, then. Saints right. are looking up. I'll have well, them at go. number 10. There you go, because if they lose, your team can make it to the playoffs. I'm kind of sold right now on Denver. And they're playing the Falcons. Are they weekend. playing the Falcons? Yeah. But it won't help. See, way, way to Ritter's build back. yourself up without breaking me down. <laughs> I really appreciate that. What What are you doing right now? I'm 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 trying to go all out for my for my team. I'm trying to help them out. We'll We'll see. They when, already have problems. They're, they, uh, they're playing Alice, Alexander Madison too much. When do we do the Stalter stack up? Wednesdays usually. Okay. It is a short week though. Maybe we'll Maybe we'll get rid of it. I'm sold on Denver, <laughs> boys. You better get on that Denver band uh, bandwagon. I love Sean Payton. He can coach, and man. Movies. And his movies. I mean, what he's done here in the last month, it's remarkable. They've won three in a row. Mm-hmm. They've been the Chiefs, Bills, and Vikings. They're now in the AFC playoff picture. Mm-hmm. The defense, though, thats I give him credit for this. They've allowed you 17 points per game during this winning streak. Wow. 
and that's that says something. That's that's coaching to me. Yep. That's scheme. That's understanding the opposition, putting your guys' best position to make plays. All the cliches, but man, is it true. And Russell Wilson has good numbers. The problem was he wasn't winning games before. Yep. He's winning games. He's winning games. I mean, that, the red zone offense for Denver was terrible last night. Or Minnesota's red zone defense was great, depending on how you look at it. But when he absolutely needed one, he he made the big touchdown throw. And I he, thought you'd go Denver at 10. No, 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 no. It's about who I want to see lose. Uh, this is ridiculous. What? Marshy? You're basically shaping the 2023 NFL season. I am not. I Listen. If with Marshy on this, I feel that Marshy's hundred percent right. If the Vikings, guys, if the Vikings, in my heart and in my mind and in my NFL watchingness <laughs> vision, are ten, I'm going to put them ten. Okay, you know, you got to go with you is thank what you, you got to say. Exactly, I'm going with me, baby. Dan, thank you. You're welcome. By the way, we got a, uh, a message from our YouTube friends, the Air Alliance team YouTube chat. Mm-hmm. This is from Droid FX. The Broncos are being more successful than the Cards and Blues. Mm. And then James we'll says that's so sad, but true. We'll see. We'll see on the Blues. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Eh, let's not crown them yet. Second down. Second down, please. <laughs> is Brandon Staley officially out of excuses? Please absolutely is he's he should be done he should be done talk talking to the reporters about oh, you don't have to answer you don't have to ask me that question anymore i'm gonna call the plays I was like, okay go for it man doesn't help when joey bosa goes out with a foot injury that hurts too. yeah that yep. hurts certainly they weren't i said i mentioned this before dan they weren't prepared they weren't prepared everybody talks about the field at you know at lambo and when it gets cold and how you have to wear a certain cleat and you saw the chargers slipping all yesterday, Eckler slipping. That is a coaching thing. Yeah. You, know, you talk about Bel- Belichick does this, that, and the other thing. So Belichick would have never allowed his players to go out like that. And well, no, it's not, it's not, it wasn't a defense yesterday. It was a team effort, like Staley said. At the same time, you are losing close games over and over and over again. They have got to find somebody else. Green Bay. Third and 20 at their own 15, trailing by four, and you don't win the game. I mean, it comes down to stuff like that, too. 100%. They've been in tight games, tight situations, and all of a sudden you don't make the plays to get to the fourth down, force something. Agreed. Yeah, that, that's a problem. Get them out. Third down, Question please. number three. Uh, that's third another segment. Down. <laughs> now third down. There we go. Don't worry, Dan. We'll get to the sports six-pack at some point. Uh, 5.30. Yeah. So third down. Did the Lions and Dolphins have more warts than we think after close wins on Sunday? I think the Lions were a one-off. You know, I don't think there was anything like scheme-wise. They just turned the ball over four times. Jared Koff was he was trying to give the Bears an, an early present, early Christmas present. Four turnovers. That's the only reason why the Bears were in it yesterday. So I don't think the Lions necessarily I look at them and they've got warts. I thought the Raiders played the Dolphins extremely tight. And if you look at this Dolphins offense, I do think they've hit a bit of a soft spot in their schedule now. Not a soft spot. I shouldn't say that. 
I think that every offense goes through this where they start you start to get a little out of whack. They thought Devon A. Chan was going to be back. Then he got hurt again last yesterday. They scored 14 against a very good Kansas City defense, and then they only scored 20 against Oakland at home, or Vegas at home, excuse me, yesterday. So I think the Dolphins' offense, it's time to make some adjustments, but Mike McDaniel will. But their defense has been very good of late. How awesome, by the way, is Tyreek Hill. He's still on pace for 2,000 receiving yards. Never been done before, but 2,000 receiving yards. It's unbelievable. People ask, like, if... If Tua is an MVP candidate, I can't give Tua the MVP with Tyreek Hill on that. Team. It's funny. I've been thinking that, too. I just can't. He's an unbelievable player. Mm-hmm. Anytime he touches the ball, he can take it. Yeah. I would, he's fun to watch, too. He's, he's a great character. He's, he's incredible. Yeah. I would be giving, I'd be walking the MVP trophy over to Tua, and then I'd just turn slightly and give it to Tyreek. <laughs> Say, you had a great season, Tua. By the way, this we, guy deserves this, though. Detroit, did you envision 25 points? Six or more times this season. 25 points. They've scored six or more. I mean, they are really good, good, man. Mm -hmm. They're legitimate. And when golf is not turning the ball over like it was yesterday, they'll hang 40 on you. Yeah, absolutely. They scored 31. They turned the ball over four times yesterday. That's remarkable. Fourth down. We'll make this one quick. How far can the Browns go with that defense? They can go very far with that D. Yep. Now, do you think, though... They might be the best defensive group in the National Football That's League. I, I love Philly, Philly's defense. Cleveland's got the best defense in the league. Now, yesterday, though, do you get, uh, do you get thrown a curveball because the Steelers are so bad offensively? They, Steelers better figure out something offensively. They do stink to high, terrible. to high heaven offensively. I love the Steelers, and they're terrible on offense. Kenny Pickett wasn't good yesterday. Matt Canada isn't always doing offensively. It is, it's a mess. And yeah. I thought, oh, they're starting to run the ball a little bit better. Then, I mean, Cleveland just shut that down. Yep, it was over. They're hard to watch. The Steelers are hard to watch. The Jets are worse. Jets on offense is I'm harder to, the, to watch. I don't know where you guys are. I'm to the point now. Did you see Zach Wilson fall? Oh, yes. yeah, that was great. Yep. You say that. I feel bad for that kid now. Like, He's could you buried. imagine... Could you imagine? I mean, you're you're a high pick. You're supposed to be the guy. All this stuff. Rodgers comes in. You're starting to mature a little bit. Then you're thrust back into it. Everybody wants to blame you for everything. Then you show some maturity in that Chiefs loss. Guys start to rally around you a little bit, but you're not good enough. That's just the bottom line. You're not good enough. And then you're on the road. You fall like that. You fall going out. It begs a question. Is he buried like the rest of his career? Do you get out of a hole that he's in right now? Or is he just not good enough, period? I don't think he's good enough, period. He'll get yeah. another shot someplace else. He'll be a backup yeah. you know, before he gets bounced out. But it's unfortunate. I liked him coming out of BYU. I you was, loved him. I was wrong, Dan. Yeah. I was wrong. You sound like Tim McCarr. I was dead wrong. I was dead wrong, Dan. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's trending is next on Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill to win a magical Polar Express staycation. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Dan McLaughlin, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for 
What's Trending. Guys, the big news of the day is Lance Lynn becoming a Cardinal for the second time in his career as the Cardinals signed him to a one-year, $10 million deal. Some people are saying it's 11. I saw 10. Jeff Passan throwing it out there. Up, up to 13, I believe. Up to 13 if he performs well, which we all hope he does. But when you saw that come out earlier this morning, what were your initial thoughts about how the Cardinals are game planning this offseason? Dan, what were yours? What, what, what's your, what's your, like, if you just had one overarching takeaway from the Lance Lynn signing, what would it be? Innings and a rusty nail. Yeah. So let's get back to a little toughness inside that clubhouse. Uh, in the dugout, mentor was another thing I thought about, but innings. Mm-hmm. Need a lot of them. And the other thing I thought about, I know I'm giving you a bunch here, but the other thing I thought about was that they clearly saw something in what he did last year, and they they think they can fix it. Yeah. I mean, there's so many times, Anthony, that teams are probably looking at the Cardinals and their guys and saying, boy, they're just missing this. They, yeah. they don't see this. We see this. We can maybe help him get to that level, whatever the case may be. Certainly. And that's something I thought about. And then I went back and looked, and I noticed the dip, literally the dip in – in his pitching, he was more straight with his fastball. Didn't have quite the the vertical going downward plane. Yeah, and I, I would imagine that's something that they feel they can fix. I think that's excellent points. I I get it. I'm not about to, you know, jump off a bridge here, thinking that this is going to be this is going to be their big signing. It's clearly right. not. I'm never going to complain about a one year deal. One year deals don't hurt you. I'm not saying he's going to work out. He might not. It might be a situation of, you know, Greg Holland. Greg Holland did not work out. Never hurt you. It was a one-year deal. Yep. That's it. And they moved on, moved on quick, rather quickly, somewhat quickly, and that's it. I think Lance Lynn's going to be fine here. I'm waiting for the big picture to come into play. That's where I'm at. And, and like you said, they're looking for innings, they're looking for strikeouts, and they're looking for a little sandpaper. Yep. And they got all of those in Lance Lynn. He did not have a great year last year. He was awful. There, I mean, he, he got there was a, a four or five game stretch where he was really good with the Dodgers after they acquired him, but yeah, you saw him in the postseason. It was ugly. Yep. He's going to give up home runs. Maybe that some of that is suppressed because of Bush Stadium, but they're looking for innings. They're looking for a, somebody to be a strikeout guy in this rotation, and it's a one year deal. I thought, like you said, it's just a piece of the puzzle. I just thought, yeah. okay, that's their first piece, and there's more to come, and lots more, and there has to be. Right. And if not, it's going to be a tough year. If it's Lance Lynn, Michael Walker, and then the internal options, I'm going to be pissed. And I think you should be too. Mm. But at this point, we, we really can't judge the big picture because we don't know it yet. It hasn't come all the way into, into and, and vision. May, and here's the thing. It may take a while. I mean, yeah. you may see some guys go off the board, and you're like, man – you know, there may be some fans out there that really wanted to see Aaron Nola here in St. Louis, and you're going to see other players. I'm just going to throw it out there. Maybe a Sonny Gray off the board. Yamamoto goes off the board, and you're mm-hmm. thinking, well, what are these guys doing? It's a long, long off season. I yeah. wait until that first pitch on opening day, and then I say, okay, this is what you look like right now. I want to take a look at it May 1st. I want to take a look at it the trade deadline and then see what you're at, see where you're at on the stretch run. Good call. We get a text from your pal Steve. Hey, Steve. Lance Lynn feels like the Wayno deal to me. The question is, do you get 2022 Wayno or 2023? I hope he works out like 2022 Wayno. Yeah, that'd be nice. Oh, yeah. That'd be real nice. Yeah, let's get 2020. 2023 yeah. Wayno was a little tough to watch. Uh, 
They squeezed everything yep. out of trying to get to 200 on that baby. They did, and they did, and they did it, and they did, did it. it, and he had his moment, and he deserved his moment. Yep, and um, yeah, that's that's all I have to say about yeah, that. Yeah, let's get to 2022, Wayne. Uh, yeah. If the cards are going to shy away from getting a true ace, do you think they need to look at pitchers that have success in the postseason versus regular season? I feel like that's a huge thing that yeah, maybe a, sometimes we don't look at. Yeah, that's a good point. Or it or doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter, but then you see, then you watch like the postseason, and some guy just tears it up, and you're like, "This is postseason numbers." He's yeah. always been great in the postseason. Yeah. And you're like, "Son of a, we need that." So it should. I think there's something to it. It shouldn't matter, but I agree. I think there is something to it. Yeah, that. I definitely do. I think sometimes when you look at a a regular season guy and then he blows up, what do you say about Clayton Kershaw? Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah, outside of the COVID year. He's a it, hell of a regular season yeah. pitcher, but did not have something, success in the postseason. Something happens in the postseason. That's right. And he gets he gets Matt Adams. Yeah. Man, and that was a Matt great Carpentered. Moment. He get Matt Carpentered twice. He got he got <laughs> yeah. Matt. He got just he just got Matt. He got matted. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, you mentioned uh old poor Zach Wilson in the earlier segment poor before uh heading into this one, this what's trending, but what is training is that Zach Wilson has been benched for a fella named Tim Boyle, who will start Friday against the Dolphins, and Trevor Simeon, former Bronco, and where else, wherever else he played, uh, he has been signed from the practice squad and will be Boyle's backup on Friday. So Boyle's going to start, huh? Old Timmy Boyle. He either went, I feel like he was, he was a Western Michigan Bronco. I think he, I was just going to say, he's from the MAC, I believe. I think he was, a, I think he went to Western Would Michigan. Would you just outright release him? Zach Wilson? No. Not quite yet? No. No. Um, when Aaron Rodgers gets back, maybe. Yeah. He's going to make his, his uh, at least in practice, uh, you know, live, a nightmare. He went to UConn. That's right. What? Tim Boyle's UConn and Eastern Kentucky. I was yep. way off. That is right. I remember what, UConn. What Tim, what Tim quarterback the Western Michigan Broncos? That's my question. We'll figure it out. Mm. We will, certainly. Uh, what mm. did you... No, I, I'm not going to outright release him. I'm going to do the whole, hey, who wants this guy? Somebody can fix him. Yeah. We'll give you a... You, you think know, there's somebody that will do it? Nope. I think somebody will sign him. I don't think That's what I mean. for him. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody will sign him. Uh, last thing here. This is interesting. The NHL is looking to put on a four-nation tournament in 2025. I did bring this up, and Jamie talked a little bit about it a, a few weeks ago, but the proposed event would feature national teams from the United States, Canada, Sweden, and Finland. So just be four teams in this tournament. Do you guys find that interesting? Would you so like you're the idea? NHL players to play for your representative uh, country. Just for four team or four nations. In the middle of the season? I would assume so. I yeah, don't know I so like too. when it'd be in February of twenty twenty five. I don't know. I love the Olympics though. Like the I, Olympics. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather have that yeah. Yeah, than some forced turn of tournament four teams i i don't know about you guys but growing up and playing sports i hated playing in a tournament with four teams yeah, that stinks. It, it was like what's the it's point not here? Inter- yeah I what's the point here Didn't you guys nailed it one of your best points you've ever made in thank your life. you uh, when you watch the olympics when it was in salt lake city and then it was in vancouver Oshie. those were Sochi. awesome I said Oshi. I meant Soshi. It was the Oshi Olympics, though. Yeah, That's yeah. when he went off on the uh, the shootout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, TJ Soshi. Awesome. Yep. TJ Soshi. 
But then when the games are on tape delay with the internet now, you can find like what happened when you were sleeping at four o'clock in the morning and these guys are playing where really to me, the idea, if you're going to have NHL players playing, you want them to play in prime time live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if not, then kind of like, what's the point? Cause you're trying to showcase your sport, trying to showcase your players. Agreed. So yeah. I don't know. If you have a question for Dan or I, you yes, can, sir. or both of us, you can send it into the Air Comfort Service tax line at 314-399-9646. We'll have our Sports 6 back next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. Time for the Sports Six Pack in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Dan McLaughlin. I'm Anthony Stalter. Here is Andrew Marsh with your questions via the Air Comfort Service text line. Question number one. From the 636, is Anthony an NFL script writer? Well, if you're talking about my Stalter stack up for who I want to curse in a given week, then That's yes. what they're talking about. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the 10 slot, number 10, has been the death slot. The teams. <laughs> the Vikings last week and they lost. I had the Bills the week before and they lost. I had the Houston Texans at number 10 when they lost to the Carolina Panthers, Dan. Death slot. Number 10. Death slot. 10, please. <laughs> Just not for my team. So, uh, I guess. <laughs> I guess you can start, uh, I don't know, tweeting or texting the show. Let me know which team you want me to curse this week. And I'll take it under consideration. <laughs> Question two, please. Question number two. From the 314, (laughs) what does your workout routine look like on a weekly basis? And we know that both of you go to the Missouri Athletic Club. That is our our MAC. MAC. Yeah, that's correct. Dan, break it down for us. At our MAC? Yeah. Our MAC, Mm -hmm. Missouri Athletic Club. Yeah. Go ahead and hit the sounder, please. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, here again. Uh, I don't know, a couple donuts and then probably uh, <laughs> a couple of Cokes and a hot steam. <laughs> <laughs> Just get it all out. Yeah. Maybe put it in, then get it out, yeah. take a shower, get dressed, and uh, and head out. Right. You? Uh, mine's a little a little different. Yeah. yeah. I do like the steam. That's yeah. for sure. Well, steam's great. Uh, I usually get the looks when I go in there for like warming up. Because you're buff. No, no, oh, okay. not at all. But when I go in, a lot of times I like to go to the steam and just get warm first. Sure. And everybody oh, yeah. else is in there post workout. Post workout, right? And they're like, "What? What the are you doing?" But I look. I got to. I got to loosen up. I, I like loosening up. If you're gonna throw up that much iron, you need to loosen up. <laughs> Listen, when you're when you're throwing up about a good ten to fifteen pounds, <laughs> those dumbbells get heavy. Uh, I I go one. Typically one body part per per day. Yeah. So I usually don't do chest on Mondays because everybody does chest on Monday. It's a great philosophy. So I like to go uh, back, then chest. Well, you look great. I got to Well, thanks, you. Dan. One body part, max them out. Let's go. Different rep ranges, what different exercises. Legs? Yes. I typically, I don't do a full leg workout because mm. uh, I'm a weenie. But no, don't you dare say that about yourself. I'll do some. I'll do some deadlifts, which is I think technically a back 
Yeah. A back exercise, not a leg. I do a lot of back exercises. You do the... Oh, yeah. The one where you hang and then... Hang and do all that stuff. Yeah. Then do it from each side. Sure. Got a bad back and need to do that. Helps me out. Well, good. Yeah. Stretch it out. Absolutely. And then I have a couple donuts and a couple Cokes <laughs> and take <laughs> a steam. Take a steam. <laughs> I like Love the back. It. Yeah. Yeah, back and forth from the couch to the to the refrigerator, hey. grabbing a beer. No, you you typically... What do you work out at night? Uh, I usually do nighttime, yeah. I can't do that. I don't like when anybody's there. I don't like when anybody's there. You know a good time to go, I found, is like right in the middle of the day. If yep. you can. Like 10 o'clock is a good time because that's before yeah. the lunch crowd, yep. after the early crowd. Yeah. If you can, obviously. Everybody everybody else is going to full, like, you know, nine to fiver. Well, I can imagine now that you've said this over the airwaves, there's going to be a lot of people at RMAC tomorrow at around 10 o'clock. I highly doubt that, Dan. I don't think anybody knows who I am or cares. But oh, I appreciate you saying that. You need to talk yourself up a little bit. A lot of people know who you are. Get a lot of compliments about you, my man. Lots. And I'm serious. You do a hell of a job on this show. Dan, thank you, and I appreciate you accepting my text messages, even though they come from different numbers. Oh, is that you? That's all me. Yeah. I thought that was your mom. Nope. Okay. You literally did get a new number, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I... I use other people's phones and I'll text Dan. Hey, what about Anthony? It sounds like you guys sound good together. He's do you guys good. do show prep in the in the steam room? No, not typically. I don't no. want to bring my, my cell phone in there. Or Only when I'm notebook. spotting you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dan, what do you think of that Lance Lynn yeah, sign? Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know, Dan. Let me bang out this rep here. Yep. Loved it. That's a good call. Question three, please. Uh, Question number three. <laughs> uh, awesome. Why does free agency in Major League Baseball take so long? Uh, why does it why is it longer than other pro sports? It seems like in other leagues, free agent signings happen within like the first forty eight hours, especially the NBA. That one is from the three one four. I'm not sure. My guess would be is that you have a cap league, understanding what you're going to spend and then go after it. Where in Major League Baseball, non cap, the market has to set itself first. So then you kind of figure out, okay, this is player X. Right. He got, you know, off of Aaron Nola. He's the first domino to fall. Okay, he's getting 25, whatever it is, a year. This is where we projected this guy, Sonny Gray. That means he's going to get X at this age, this many years, mm -hmm. this much per year. So I think because of that, it, the, the market needs to set itself first to Major League Baseball. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, that would be my guess. Um. I don't like it. Oh, I, you wish it was quicker. I, I wish it was. I wish it was exciting. Bing, 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 you know, yeah. a, a big like it used to be. Where I think you'll see that though at the winter meetings. It seems like you get tons of activity at the winter meetings, and that because you have a winter meetings, and I think this is another factor. A lot of business is done there, where you set the parameters for like a month. You know, the winter meetings are coming up in and December, get, and then hammering out. Yeah, then the action gets going. Mm. Why do you think, like, to me, it seems like they want to wait till the prices go down, mm -hmm. at least Major League Baseball owners. Obviously, some other owners are willing to spend, much like the Padres, the Phillies, the Rangers, but for the most part, like, they don't spend all too much. NBA owners, it seems like they're shelling out all this money to guys I've never even heard of. And they're making a, a yeah. just a bunch of bunch of money. I'm like, where did this guy come from? He doesn't deserve forty million a year. Right. TV money is huge, though. NBA TV money is big. 
Oh, for sure. So TV money is going to dictate how much you can pay, and it's capped. So you kind of you know you know where you need to be, where yep. you can be, and that's my point. What players? Yeah, yep. slot in. So yeah. Yep. Question yep. four, please. Question number four uh, from the six three six. Actually, this is Robert S. Robert says, "Why can't we get a good pitching coach like Chris Carpenter?" Well, Chris Carpenter has been asked to come back to the organization multiple times. So. A lot of times what happens with these guys that are just out, Matt Holiday, good example, is that they realize, eh, not so sure that I really want to dive back into this and the commitment of a coach, 9 a.m. till 1 in the morning and rinse and repeat for six months, don't see your family all that much, I've made all the money I can in the world, why mm-hmm. do I want to put myself through this? So that is why Chris Carpenter and, and some others are not back. A lot of times they want to have like the role of being in uniform maybe for home series um, and then go on the road and, and scout a little bit, but yeah. it gives them more flexibility with their time. Um, Jason Isringhausen being a perfect example of that, kind of a, a dual role of being at home in uniform, maybe out there for BP, visiting with guys that he had in the minor leagues, and then a few times a month maybe goes to Springfield or he goes to Memphis or he goes to another place down at Florida and visits with players. Now, I can understand somebody saying, well, you're still traveling. You are, but it's not the, the commitment that you're expected to have if you're a coach on the major league staff. Well said. Question five, please. Question number five. This one is from your pal Steve. He's back. Correct me if I'm wrong with this hypothetical. Many would praise the Cardinals if they were to sign Lucas Giolito and trade for Dylan Cease. I would argue that that would give him three of five of a 61 and 101 starting rotation last year. I believe that rotation would have them going backwards, right? What are your thoughts? I don't think you can go backwards with Dylan Cease. I don't think you can go backwards from where they were a year ago. That's very true. That's That would be very difficult. Yeah, let's start there. Yeah. Uh, then you add a bona fide number one Yep. in Cease. Uh, Giolito, who would, who would definitely be a reclamation project. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he was awful with the Angels. He struggled. Yeah, he was good with the White Sox, but he was awful with the Angels. Um, that White Sox team was terrible, though. It, it was. I have their entire uh, three yeah. of their starting pitchers from last season. Oh, no, you're right. I heard that was such a mess. Like it may have been the messes, the right. mess of all messes. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, it was like this is from people I know that were around it a little bit. They they just said it was just a mess, like unbelievably bad. And the owner took care of it by letting go of guys that have been yeah. in the front office for a long time. So. Yeah. Yep. I, I wouldn't be I would not be disappointed with Dylan Cease and Lucas Giolito. Yeah. At all. I wouldn't I'm either. not saying I wouldn't I wouldn't say, oh World Series now. But I mean hell, you'd be a hell of a lot closer. A lot than closer. Where you are right now, certainly, and where you might be if the Cardinals decide to just get two more tier three options. I mean, just think agency. of one, two, and three last year. If you get five more wins from each guy, mm-hmm. that puts you at five under. You figure then you're squeaking by with some of these guys that dropped to th- to four and five. You would like to think they're going to be better. You know, at that point, if you're hovering around 500, you got a shot. Good with call. the wild card, you're, you got a shot. Yeah. So that's the way I look at it. Question six, please, or five. Question what? number six. Thank Whatever. you, Marshy. Whatever, please. <laughs> From the 618, what is the best takeout food, and what is your favorite takeout mm. food? Chinese. Chinese is outstanding takeout food. Yeah. 
I like to eat Mexican food at the restaurant. I agree with that. Totally agree with that. When you when you t- when you do the takeout with yeah. Mexican, it it just doesn't have mm, doesn't hit the same. It doesn't hit the same. You don't no. get the the unlimited amount of chips. Mister Unlimited. Uh, good call there, Marshy. Burgers are good takeout. Pizza, of course, yep. is solid. But I'll go Chinese number one. I like a good burger from Five Guys and Fries. Mm. That is very good. Yep. A little bacon cheeseburger. BT bought Marsh and I some payway last Friday. Yeah, that and was good. Man, it was outstanding. So this is your way of saying, hey, Dan, when you fill in, you need yeah. to bring us What's some food. What's your deal? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. You're doing us a favor by filling in. Burgers, Dan, have you been Providing to, uh, some quality to this program. I'm trying my best. Have you guys been to High Point? Yes. No. Great oh burger. Oh, my gosh. You yeah? need to go there. Where is it? Unbelievable. I think there's one off Manchester, if I'm okay. not mistaken. There used to be there's one down at Enterprise Center. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. There's a high point, I think, in yeah. uh, in the building. And I think there's another one by the, uh, what is it? The, oh, goodness. I'm going to forget the street name. Oh, goodness but me. It's gi- the big giant sign when you're driving on 64. Mm. It's like a giant gas station sign for oil sign. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. BP? No, QT. it's not Shell. QT. No, I'm talking about like giant sign. You're driving on 64. You can see it. Sunoco. It's bl- maybe Phillips, the text line can help out. Phillips 66. I don't know. I don't know. I can't think of it right it's now. It's okay. It's just fine. I couldn't think of home team last last week. The Amico. Sign. The Amico. Amico is about the only one I you're didn't going, mention. You're going like 40 west, and you see the yes. Amico. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right, yep, right by. It. It's right by McCausland. Yes, that's yeah. the... Oh, yeah. my goodness. Damn. There's a Chinese restaurant right there that's pretty good. I can't remember the name of it, but it's good. And I like Wan Fu. That's a good place. I've never been there. It's really good. It's on Manchester. I'm, Maybe I'm if they're very, listening, they should bring some over. Very open to to trying all new different restaurants of course. around the area. I was talking with Dan earlier today in the office, telling him how I'm just now getting into sushi. That is some good stuff. It took me a while. You didn't like sushi at first? Nope. Now uh, you well, do. I'm sorry. I didn't. I always kind of thought like, ah, oh, no, I wouldn't like that. And the first time I had it, I'm like, ah, da, da. and then it, like you start to crave it a little bit. How about shrimp tempura? Then you can get a fried shrimp in there. Oh, yeah. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Love some shrimp. Yeah. I do like the shrimp tempura. Oh, yeah. All right. Are we done with our sports? I expect? think so. I mean, we Very can just well keep done. talking if you guys want to. Sure. Or we can move well. it on to the. We could do that for another half hour. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you guys want. Boys, let's get into this Chiefs-Eagles matchup. It's going to be fun tonight. It is going to be fun. Who are we going to learn about, though? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Well, tonight's Super Bowl rematch should be absolutely fantastic. You got Eagles, you got Chiefs, obviously the Super Bowl rematch where the Chiefs won 38-35 in a wild one, the third highest scoring Super Bowl uh, in Super Bowl history. This is the ninth Super Bowl rematch from the previous season, first since 2017, 
when the Patriots and the Falcons played. I don't remember the Patriots and Falcons playing in the Super Bowl, but uh, I'll believe ESPN for coming up with that uh, that nugget. So it was 28-3 to in that Super Bowl, and the Falcons that. were... No, I don't remember that at all. <clears throat> they were not leading one, that Super Bowl. Not one bit do I remember that. Chiefs 4-0 versus Three, the Eagles and under Andy Reid. Dan, yeah. Yeah. Dan, the Eagles. Dan, I think yeah. they won in overtime, too. Hey, who's writing it down. overtime, I think, in Super yeah. Bowl history. The yeah. only overtime. That was a great player yeah. at the goal line. For sure. Remember, remember the, that catch that... That, uh, Julio Jones had, yeah, yeah. I do. no, not I that. I do one. remember that was a legit catch. The other one, that was, one, but the other one was really yeah, good. The other one no, the other one was sorry. Devil Magic. Okay, Devil Magic. Yeah. Anyways, Chiefs four and over Eagles under Andy Reid, <laughs> and they've held opponents to twenty or fewer points in all seven wins this season. I think I, I think I'm I'm there with this matchup. I think this is the Eagles and Chiefs tonight might be. I mean, it may be. Fun. I hope it's fun, but it might be a defensive struggle tonight. With the way that these two defenses are playing. Chiefs are awesome on defense this year. They have been sensational yep. on defense. And they've struggled offensively, all all things considered. You know, you have Patrick Mahomes, you have, you have Andy Reid, you have Travis Kelsey. They've had a streak of three straight games under 300 yards. Why do you think Kelsey is not having a Kelsey-type year? No, I don't want to talk about Taylor Swift. I think he's hurt. You think so? Yeah, it's his career low in receptions, receptions, yardage, all that stuff. Yep. Career low. That's why I'm saying he's going off tonight. He might. I, I can see it. Big uh, stage coming off of a few days off. And the Swifties meeting the Kelseys, I guess. Yeah. So that, that I is just said I don't want to talk about motivation it. Motivation enough. Well, he went down to, I don't know, some. Uh, he went somewhere. Yeah. Saw her in concert, and she had a nice little word for him. Big she hug, changed. big kiss. Changed the lyrics for him and Isn't all that. that sweet? It's very sweet. It so, really was. He's going to be fired up tonight. Hey, zip it. Let's stop talking about oh, it. Oh, okay. Thank you, Marshy. Kelsey held a 14 rece- receiving yards in week nine versus the Dolphins, his lowest game since 2018. Yep. But I do. I think he's banged up. He had the ankle injury early on. You know, he missed the first game because of the, the ankle or knee injury. And then I think he, maybe it was the knee, and then he hurt his ankle. But when you don't have your lower half, he's even talked about this. He goes, when you don't have your when you don't have your lower half, you don't have anything. Yeah. And I think that's a, such an interesting way to look at it. When you're when you're banged up and you can't really run, you can't gain position. Yeah, you still got your hands, but there was a moment in one of the games, I think it was the Jaguars game, where he dropped one where it wasn't an easy catch by any means, but you could tell he when he was trying to go up, he just didn't have his legs to him and that was it. So I don't. Uh, we saw Joe Burrow banged up, and then all of a sudden he looked completely healthy again in that Arizona game. Maybe tonight's a night where Kelsey looks completely different. But Dan, I think it's a good observation you made. Do you think that I read an article today that they th- that, that this particular writer thought that the tush push should be banned after this year? Why? I, I'm with you. I, I'm like it's part of the game. Yeah. They've manipulated a part of the game that works. Mm-hmm. It started with Philadelphia. It obviously works. Everybody, it's a copycat league, mm-hmm. is <clears throat> is is doing that, and, and you're getting first downs most of the time. I mean, I bet it, the success rate is probably nine out of ten or something like that. I read. Sure. Um, I don't think you should outlaw it. I think it's part of the game, which makes me think that if you're Kansas City, you've got to make sure that you've got them third and long is not long, but third and two, third and three as sure. much as you can. Dan, I think it's an excellent point. Why we why do we eliminate creativity sometimes in sports? Because you've you've seen you've watched you watch a ton of college football, you watch a ton of NFL. Are you seeing some of the creativity that are com- that's coming out of that 
formation. I mean, we're seeing end arounds now. Yeah. We're seeing we're seeing pat. You know, we're seeing uh, draw or not draws, but screen passes, jet sweeps. All I saw the Tebow that. pass out of it the other day. Yeah. So why would we eliminate some of the creativity? Offense, by the way, is down in the yep. NFL badly. Yep. I don't think it should be eliminated just because you know it's impossible to do it against Jalen Hurts. You're right. Get them in third and eight, and you don't have to do. It. You don't have to worry about it. Casey, Easier said than done. But. Minus two and a half. Who do you like tonight? I like, I like the Chiefs. I do you? too. Andy Reid off a bye. Oh, is he awesome? Twenty-one and three. Awesome. Twenty-one and three. It's an eight seventy-five winning percentage in regular season when coming off a bye. They've won five straight coming off a bye. I also think at this point in the year, with guys that are there, is not one player that'll step on that field that says, "Man, I feel great." Right. Not one. This time of year, probably after the second day of training camp, everybody's got something going on. And at this time of year, getting the bye and getting a few extra days, Certainly. it's kind of like when you're watching the Thursday night games. Yeah, Thursday night games get ugly. Guys aren't fully healed. Coming off a of Sunday, you yeah. know, most of the time it's just walkthroughs because guys are so banged up. These guys go through car wrecks I, every, every Sunday. Play. And then it's like turn around and play four days later. That's, yeah. I, sloppy. I love that there's Thursday Night Football. I, I do, do, too. Because after you get to Monday, you get Tuesday and Wednesday, you're, like, you're itching for it again, right? Well, but you, Well, you get the Mac on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. You do get Mac I, action. I told my friends about you can get some Mac action if you wanted sure. that. Uh, and my friends have, have taken part in that. I'm sure Bowling Green's playing tomorrow night. You know, you get Toledo. Some, Toledo. Ohio. Toledo's a, good, Toledo's a good team. Northern Illinois. Central Michigan, of course. <laughs> <laughs> a little MAC in the morning, a little MAC at night. That's right. That's oh, right. That's, it's our MAC on Tuesday <laughs> and Wednesday night. <laughs> There's got to be some sort of promotion. Uh, Dan, you're right, though, about guys being banged up. I don't think, you know, you asked me about Travis Kelsey. I don't think Jalen Hurts is 100%. I don't no. think he's anywhere close to it. I think that guy is absolutely gutting it out right now. I think he's been a warrior. He's so, not, he's not, he's played great, but he's not right. Like, he's not 100%. There's you got to no keep him in the pocket, though. One hey, way or another, you got to you got to make him stay within the tackles. And not that he can't, but you got to make him play quarterback. Yep, that's my point. You got to make him play quarterback. You got to make him try to play in rhythm. Chris Jones is a, diff- a true difference maker. That defense has been great for Kansas City. I can't wait for this matchup tonight. Did you see KC being this good defensively? I did no, not. No, I did not. I thought they'd be okay, and then when they signed Jones back, and mm-hmm. I thought, okay, that's going to be yeah. a factor. Yep, but not to this level. Their their young secondary has come together. Yes, it you has. Know, they've got a, a bunch of guys that are very young. And then Tyron, Tyron Matthew, but they, the, Steve Spagnuolo, of course, the former Rams coach, has done a remarkable job of reinventing his defense nearly every year, and I don't think he gets enough credit for that. I, I when you have a lot so much tied up in Mahomes and Kelsey, and now Chris Jones, you you don't have a ton to spread out your cap space on defense, so you're asking Spags to work with a lot of second-rounders, third-rounders, and he's done a, just a tremendous job. Yeah. I, uh, I, In watching that first half against Miami on a neutral field, I thought, okay, this guy is something else, man, yeah. scheme-wise, defensively, and they're legitimate and they are good. Yes, they are. It's not just Mahomes, Kelsey, and, and others on offense. It's This defense is setting the tone. So you and I got KC. Marsh, you got the Eagles tonight, right? I do have the Eagles. Yeah, I don't I don't believe Jason Kelsey has ever beaten his brother. So I think tonight anything, could be the night. At anything in life. Well, I wouldn't go that far. No, but. I read it somewhere. Really? Yeah. His pod, Their podcast is, is tremendous. Do you listen to it? 
I I don't listen start to finish. A lot of times when I'm on social media, I'll, I'll see a clip or whatever. I, I should probably listen to the whole thing because anytime I see the clips, I think those guys are hilarious. Do they just do football or is it uh, like pop culture and a little yeah, of everything? I think it's a little bit of everything. Obviously, they focus on football, but there is two in particular stories that I have just laughed my you-know-what off at. And I think we watched one a few weeks ago. The coaches one. With the coaches one. You showed us that. That one is so funny. And then the one where... They asked uh, Travis Kelsey. Yeah. uh, Jason Kelsey asked Travis Kelsey to name all the coaches in the NFL based... And it was the photo wasn't great. So I don't blame Travis that much. But name as many head coaches in in the league as he could. And he he goes, I'm going to be terrible at this. And he was. He couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. He looked at somebody. He goes, I have no idea who that is. Oh, they were giving him pictures, too. They gave yeah. him pictures. So was it wasn't yeah. just like off the top of his head, no. start naming guys. It was like the NFL. You know how teams do their team photos? Yeah. It was the NFL coaches photo. They're oh, all great. like sitting there. So it's not like a, like a, a head, I almost said mugshot, a headshot. It was them sitting down. So again, it was kind of tough, but he did terrible with it. These guys will be on television the minute that... Their oh, careers are yeah. over. Oh, yeah. I mean, Kelsey's going to be able to write his ticket to do a pregame show, mm-hmm. to do a... Travis? Uh, yeah. Yep. Manning cast. I mean, whatever he wants, he's going to be able to do that. They both could do a Manning cast, and that would be unbelievable. Yes. But they, there was another story, the uh, the Doug Peterson story with the okay. rookie in camp. Have you heard that one? No. I'll, I'll show it to you in break. And for those that are listening... Look it up. Jason Kelsey tells a story about how usually they have to do like a rookie uh, talent show or, mm-hmm. or something like that. And one of the rookies told a joke about Doug Peterson, who was the coach at the at the time, and it was hilarious. And everyone in the locker room went nuts. Love it. Did he get cut? Like I don't same, know. That, yeah, like it's easier to do when they're cut. When you listen to it, <laughs> see me in my office. When you listen yeah. to it, there's a there, there's a good chance maybe he did. But if okay. you're if you're Doug Peterson, you got to laugh that one off. So funny, highly recommend good. looking it up. It's funny. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. We'll wrap up the show next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. anything from today's show you can always download our podcast available at 101 espn.com your 101 espn mobile app all brought to you by dobbs tyron auto centers dan mclaughlin filled in this was a fast show dan had a lot of fun with you today man great fun i always love being with you love being with marshy and uh, i truly mean that you guys make it a lot of fun you're the best thank you dan you are you're the best man great stories again from dan great conversations uh we talked about mizzou talked a little blues not not as much as i, I thought we'd do today but when you sign when the Cardinals sign Lance Lynn you got to get in get got to get into it you got to break it down Dan you got to break it down we did break it down ad nauseum I ad would say ad nauseum absolutely mm. NFL action from we were yesterday. the first to really break it down on this station too no one really talked Nobody about really it Nobody really talked about it <laughs> Every Let's show break it down now here <laughs> Every show broke it down certainly cuz we know you love to you you love your Cardinals and you also love to be angry at your Cardinals Oh and I I so. I've got hot takes yeah, you I, need, I need to have my hot takes heard. Yeah, darn right you hot do. Hot takes. 
Hot taking, hot caking. That's right. What, what is better, what a, is. a hot take or a, or a hot cake? Boy, that that's a good you, question. Depends on where you get them from. Those hot cakes at. You ever had a hot pecan McDonald's pie? Run, no. And throw like a little vanilla ice cream on oh top of it? Oh my gosh, it's that really good. unbelievable. Dan, we've talked about this before. Uh, you're pure genius. I mean, you're, the, the the talent as you as a play by play guy, as a radio guy, I appreciate off the that. charts, man. But nothing, nothing. Compares to my ice cream. Compares to your ice cream making ability. (laughs) When you're talking about crunching up or smashing up Heath Heath bars and mixing into your ice cream. Yeah. Like it's a blizz, like a homemade blizzard. You can do it at home. Most people think you can't do it at home. You can do it with regularity, and I've proven that. So good. You're genius. It shows up in your ice cream. That's about where it ends, too. Ice cream. I'm in all. I appreciate it. I mean, I love ice cream. I can't help it. Who doesn't? Never eaten a pickle, but I love ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> or a tomato. No tomato. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You like ketchup, though. Love though. ketchup. Yeah. So, but, you know, I, man. What about a grape tomato? No. No? No, that wouldn't do it either. Okay. Hmm. Fair. Yeah. Somebody just said, I had that last night. Favorite de- dessert. I'm telling you. It's hot pecan pie. Hot pecan pie with... Little vanilla ice cream on top. Mm. That's solid, huh? Mm-hmm. Starting to think of Thanksgiving already. But I can't get out of the moment. I can't let my mind get out of the moment. I need to stay focused. What else did we learn today? All kinds of stuff. <laughs> Daniel Descalso. Back with the Cardinals. Yep. He's going to be on the coaching staff. We got a text from the 314. Does this mean David Freeze will be the bench coach for the first seven innings with Daniel coming in for the eighth and ninth? Yes. Sure, why not? Yeah. Bring him back. Uh-huh. Get the band back together. <laughs> Might as well. Who, of course. Walker. Who scale, needs to so. watch videos on YouTube when you can just bring the team back? Exactly. <laughs> First thing Marcy said thinking. to me, what are we getting the 2011 team back together? <laughs> Come on, Marcy. He's just and he said it in a disgusting way as if they didn't win the World Series. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's almost like he now. doesn't appreciate it. Let it play out, Marcy, and see what happens this offseason. Yeah. Come on, Marshy. I mean, hey, I'm excited. Okay. All right. I wasn't All right. disgusted. I'm okay. All right. What else you got? Uh, we got a text from Swan. Great show today, guys. Feel like you really hit home and touch base with my thoughts on Lance Lynn signing. Glad to hear the Riz show still doesn't know ball like the fast lane does thank when it comes you. to the Pick'em Challenge. Yeah. Have a great day, guys. Swan, mm. thank you for your uh, many compliments. Thank you for listening. And, yeah, we, uh, we crushed that Riz show again. So if you guys win... The Riz Show is sponsored by the Fast Lane for a full month. Okay, every single time they mention the Rizzuto Show, it is brought to you by the Fast Lane for a full month. Great, and they have to take a uh, sexy photo shoot, and we have an opportunity to do whatever we want with those photos, including put it potentially on a billboard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That would be awesome. Chiefs Eagles pregame at six thirty tonight. I'll do it for us. See ya. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.